Welcome to Game Face, episode 216 here on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, the founder of Sifted and the host of Game Face. And I have two of my good friends alongside me to talk about the biggest and the best in video games for the past week. I have Matt Kyle, my co-host in the house. What's up, Matt? Nothing again? Yep. <laughs> Still nothing. So it's something to watch this week. <laughs> what did you watch this week? The Sony thing. Oh, oh, you mean for gaming. I thought you were talking yeah. about like films or TV or something. Oh, no, there's like no that. shortage of that. That's that's all life is these days. Yeah, it's going to run out here soon, though. Uh, mm. The well is not infinite. So when that day comes, it's going to get nasty. When people don't have distractions anymore, it could get bad. Uh, but hopefully not. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we also have Mitch Sikorsky alongside running the TriCaster today. And Mitch is going to earn his money today at the TriCaster controls because... We are blowing out the PlayStation 5 event from this week, as, as Matt just mentioned. And the TriCaster is loaded to the gills with clips. I think this might be the first time, Mitch, you've had to do like a big post-event blowout like this. Is that right? Uh, as many clips on here, yeah. I think the second closest one was probably the Inside Xbox we did. Yeah. Like a yep. couple weeks, a uh, month ago or so. But, but no, this is this like thing, double. This is like, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm looking at the list now. I'm like, oh, whoa, more, 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 more. Holy cow. Um, yeah. But I would say, Matt, Netflix seems to have the unlimited pool of stuff because it keeps coming with stuff. I can't believe it. They're going to run out too, though. Eventually, you know, they stop production just like everybody else. And eventually all the stuff they've shot, they're going to run out of. So yeah, it's get a lot of stuff on shelves. People have lots of stuff on shelves, though. Like they'll start like dusting off and being like, hey, there's this mini series we did back in 2015. Some of them have already done that. Like, I don't know. If, I don't know if anybody's been watching The Masked Singer uh, <laughs> back that when that was on. I don't watch that. I mean, that that's, show. That's, it's over, but like. <laughs> Uh, one of one of the last few episodes, they the the show that premiered after it was uh, like Ultimate Tag or something, and it's like literally people playing tag in like an American Gladiators arena. Yeah, JJ Watt, TJ Watt, it's like the Watt brothers or the yeah. that. that shows that show was shot like two years ago. Like that that show's <laughs> been like sitting on the shelf for like forever because it was so <laughs> terrible, and like that's how desperate they're getting. It's like we got nothing else to put after this thing. Yep. Well, we are going to talk about video games today on Game Face. That's what this show is. It's roughly a three-hour podcast about gaming. The bulk of the show today is going to be about PlayStation 5. And in fact, when I started putting the show together and realizing how much stuff we needed to talk about, I thought about making this show just PlayStation 5 because there might be enough content to get it out to a full episode. But we do have a couple topics at the end. We're going to kick things off with PlayStation 5, though. But before we get started, I do want to bring up, we published a new episode of Sifted HQ this morning. Um, definitely watch that. It's the end of Mitch's PC building saga. Uh, one way or another, it's the last entry in the PC building saga. So check that out. Uh, but one important thing that relates to that is that Sifted HQ is now going to be a part of our brand new podcast feed called Sifted Radio. And that launched today. Uh, and you sign up for that feed just the same way you signed up for your Pactor Factor feed and your Game Face feed. Just go to the episode of Sifted HQ. There's a link in the bottom of the player that says podcast. If you click on that, in a lot of way, in a lot of times, if you do it on your phone, it will actually automatically just subscribe to the podcast. You just have to click, yes, I want to subscribe. If you're doing it on PC, you have to copy the URL that's generated and then paste that into your podcast app, and then you're good to go. So now we have 
three podcast feeds for our patrons. Uh, we have Pactor Factor, we have Game Face, and we have Sifted Radio. Sifted Radio is going to have Sifted HQ, obviously. It's also going to have Spoiled. We're working on some new audio-only shows. I'm working on something to kind of send you guys off into the weekend that would go up on Fridays. So anyway, all that stuff is going to be collected there. When we start doing our deep dives again, when the, when the world goes back to normal, uh, the audio versions of that will appear in that feed. So it's going to be kind of a catch-all. Uh, for our content that doesn't kind of fall under the game phase and Pactor Factor bucket. So make sure you sign up for those. It's very cool having your own private podcast feed for all our shows. Like it's awesome, at least for me personally, going into my podcast app and seeing all our stuff in there is pretty freaking cool. So anyway, if you haven't done that yet, what the hell are you waiting for? Why have you not hooked up all the podcast feeds from Sifted yet? Uh, we're going to put a post up actually on Patreon here in the next couple of days that just basically says, sign up for our podcast feeds. Here's the feeds. Do it right now. You'll be set up for life. If you haven't done it already, it literally takes like five seconds. Um, and if you're away and can't watch the video version of any of our content, uh, you have access to it immediately. Literally, the second that we publish anything, it goes into our podcast feed. So anyway, very happy about that. Uh, Brent finally got that finished in the last week or so. We're finally starting to send content into that feed. Get on it. All right. And with that, it's time for what I believe is the biggest video game story of 2020 so far, and that is the massive PlayStation 5 unveiling, blowout, whatever the heck you want to call it, that happened last Thursday. We're going to break this discussion up into two pieces. We're going to talk first about the hardware, because Sony obviously showed the form factor of PlayStation 5 for the first time. We're going to talk about all that stuff. And then we'll take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to talk about the games that were shown, and there were a lot of them. So get comfortable, get yourself a drink, kick up your feet if you're at work, turn up your headphones a little bit, and let's talk about one of the biggest moments in gaming that for the next really five to seven years, the debut of the PlayStation 5. Uh, Matt, let's talk about the hardware. The form factor ended up looking nothing like the dev kits, just like we had hinted that it probably wouldn't. Um, I think probably the most common takeaway that I've seen over the last three or four days since people saw it is its size. Um, now, obviously, when you see it by itself or you see it standing next to another PS5, you don't really have the scale to understand. The controller helps a little bit when they put the controller mm -hmm. next to it. Uh, but Internet detectives have been working on this. They took the measurements of the controller and then extrapolated that to create how tall the console is. And then they made images that stacked them side by side. And based upon that, uh, the PlayStation 5 is way taller than Xbox Series X, and it's wider than the PS3 Fat. Matt, do you care at all about how big this thing is? No. Not at all. Like, I don't even really care what it looks like in the end. I mean... Well, we'll get to the aesthetics. But, like, as long as it works, I don't care. I have room for the for the system on on the entertainment shelf, and uh, if they do a decent enough job as they seem to be doing for um, you know for backwards compatibility, it can either immediately or eventually replace my PlayStation Four uh, there. So it wouldn't really be an issue. Um, I may actually end up having to stand it vertically because um, I do have a lot of vertical clearance, not so much horizontal. Um, so I guess maybe it's a good thing that both new systems seem to be pushing vertical as sort of their form factor default. 
both can be laid on their side, though. We should be clear yeah. about that. Um, and there, it looks like for the PlayStation 5, you need a stand, whether you're standing it vertically or horizontally. Yeah, look, because of the shape of it, I think uh, it doesn't have enough of a flat footprint on its own just to lay sideways. Yeah, I think what we're seeing with both of these new machines is really what they are. They're shuttle PCs, you know, they're... Mm -hmm. A lot of expensive PC hardware jammed into a form factor, and they can only get so small. So <laughs> I think what you're seeing is that you need cooling. Obviously, that's been a huge issue with the PS4 Pro with the whole jet engine meme and whatnot. I haven't had a ton of problems with that. Some first-party games I make my PS4 Pro really yeah, loud. but I don't, I don't notice the sound on it much, although... Uh, it's like things like like menus and flash like maps like maps that use flash as uh, to tend to like make it rev up a lot. I think because there's a frame rate cap problem on some of those things. Uh, and actually, this uh, I was replaying Last of Us Remastered uh, this weekend just to kind of prepare for uh, the sequel uh, this week. And when I'd pause it, like it, it didn't make a lot of noise. Yes, the pro didn't make a lot of noise when I was playing, but when I'd pause it. The fans just went. That's very common, like, and so it's I would have to back. Common. I would have to back out to the menu, like the, the yeah. actual PlayStation Four menu, to get it to stop doing that. Because otherwise, yeah. I'm like, is it going to blow up or what? Like, so I get, yeah, they can get very loud, but I, they don't get very loud during gameplay for me so much as like weird menu things. Yeah, I don't know what too. the deal is. There. Yeah, I don't know. It hasn't really been a problem for me, but I know that it's a very common complaint that people have with the PS4 yeah. and the PS4 Pro. Well, I think um, it's probably worse if you're like my setup. Uh, it's pretty far. It's like ten feet away from me, and I'm using a big surround system. Like if you're yeah. playing on a smaller setup or a closer, you're closer or in your to bedroom the system, where it's yeah, room. you're absolutely going to hear that thing. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I, I don't hear it either. I sit about nine feet away from my entertainment center, so I hardly ever hear it. But one thing I did read was that the design of the PS5 was built specifically for cooling. So mm -hmm. it's something that Sony was aware of, and it, it's attempting at least to fix it with the PlayStation 5. Uh, personally, the size to me, I think the slots in my entertainment center are big enough. Um, and as long as that's the case, that's really all that matters to me. Um, I hope I don't have to stand it vertically because then it won't fit. <laughs> I don't. They don't really make entertainment centers for consoles that stand vertically. Uh, most of them are kind of rectangular shaped spaces for you to slide your your components into. Um, or I could just get a new one. I probably need a new one anyway. I've had the same one for quite a while now. Um, so the size doesn't really bother me all that much. Um, it is interesting how big consoles are getting now. Um, but it doesn't really affect me. And I don't think most people are going to care all that much once they unwrap it and they're starting to play it and they see what it can do. Let's talk now about the aesthetics of the console. I think when we saw the DualSense controller, um, we I didn't expect the console to carry that motif as overtly as it does, I guess is the way I would put it. I mean, we talked about how it probably would be two-tone the way that yeah. the controller is. Um it did. This is certainly isn't what I pictured. No, um, it's fine. I mean, I did like the, the one tweet that was going around that showed both this and the Series X, and was like, "Are you getting the mini fridge or the Wi-Fi router?" Um, There's all kinds of memes of the PlayStation Five. There's one that makes it look like Tony Stark's house. There's one that <laughs> makes it look like this museum on an island in Australia. There's, I mean, it, they, the internet went crazy after yeah. they showed well, I mean, it's a goofy around. look. It's, uh, I mean, it's better than like, it's got more personality, obviously, than kind of the black rhombus that is the PlayStation 4. But like, it, it looks like 
David Cage's idea of a video game system in Detroit be, <laughs> become human. But, you know, it, 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 it's like, um, God, what, what was the game? Um, one of the games that they showed, I can't remember which one it was. It was one of those like kind of standard uh, action. It was, one of my friends said, this is like the, the game... This is like a, a fake game you make up to, to have a kid playing in the background of a movie. Um, <laughs> a fake and that's, game console. <laughs> yeah, and that's what the that's what the PlayStation Five kind of looks like to me. It's like if you were gonna like have someone that never played a game before like design the future video game system for like your like movie that takes place in like twenty forty, like you'd get that. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like the design of it at all, honestly. Um, I like it okay. I again, like, I don't care what it looks like. Like, yeah. I'm gonna no, like. That's look what at, I was getting at. It doesn't at it matter. Funny for and I don't five care. minutes, and then it's, then I'm gonna play it, and it won't matter. You know, like. Yeah, I, I don't care, and it doesn't matter to me. But I do not like the look of it at all. I think it's gonna look dated really quickly. Even yeah. looking back at like the PS3 Fat, like I don't feel like that console has aged particularly well. Um, no, I also just don't like consoles that are curved I don't on either. the top. Like, I just feel like I, I like to be able to put a thing on top of it. Not all the time, but yeah. like it should, I, there should be space to put things on things. Um, I mean, I don't like the way the Series X looks too too much either. either. Like, They're extremes. Think, you have yeah. this total utilitarian console in the Series X, and then you have this like piece of art with the PlayStation 5. Mm. Like, they couldn't be any further apart in their industrial design. It's really kind of mind-boggling how they went completely different directions with the look of their machines. Yeah, it's just like there's just an artlessness to uh, the, the Series X oh, yeah. and, a kind of, <laughs> and a kind of try-hard to the PlayStation yeah. 5 that like I feel like the Series X to me is like someone just dropping a, a stack of books in front of me yeah. and the PlayStation 5 reminds me of like someone trying to show me how they can whistle with a fart. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, I mean, I'm sure it's very it's a very difficult thing and I can't do it but like do you have to do it in front of me? Like, yeah, you know, hey, just, those white, I just play Spider-Man? Like, the other thing that concerns me, too, is the white kind of tabs that come off of the console. Those look like they're just ripe to be snapped right off by... I mean, I wouldn't have to worry about it. I'm an adult who lives in a home with another adult, and we don't have pets. Nothing's going to happen to mine. Mm -hmm. But you start thinking about kids and the way they, like, unhook it and then take it to their bedroom, and they're throwing it around. I don't know. It just doesn't seem particularly... Dirty. Those, yeah, those I, I don't know. I'm sure they're pretty thick. Um, and in the end, they're cosmetic. But like my the most interesting element of the visual to me is um, how much the optical drive ruins it. Oh, yeah. Um, so we haven't even talked about that. So about like the fact that there are two different versions. Um, yeah, before like we the, get to that, though, I want to get Mitch's take on the look of the console. What do you think, Mitch? Um, I'm digging it. Like I first words came out of my mouth was this is sick. Like I, I'm, I'm into this kind of stuff. I like flashy, like in your face. And yeah, I would agree with you, both of you saying that Xbox is very industrial, which was not very inspiring to look at this box with the light on the inside kind of made it look cooler, but this just stands out. And I like to have something stand out in a room and go, Oh, what's that? That that's the thing that's going to appeal to me. And uh, I think that's, that's the reason why some people don't like it is yeah. the fact that it's going to be in their living room for the next six years and they don't like the look of it. And they're like, what this this thing is going to be sitting there that I don't like to look at for a long time. That's the thing with consoles. You have them for so long. It's not like a vase or something that you're like, yeah, that doesn't really look right. And you put it in another room or something. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And I would I think, say this console specifically is probably the most divisive in regards yeah. to look than I've ever like heard in regards to consoles because it, it does stand out. And personally, yeah. I like the white look. 
I'm a person that right now I have a white uh, I have a white Pixel phone. Um, my laptop's white. My my computer's Your PC white. Case my PC was white. Kite, yeah. white. So, you know, I like that because the material it doesn't cut discolor anymore. They they know a way to keep it bright and flashy. I hope so. It works for me because everything white that I have for gaming is yellow. Everything. There are YouTube channels built on unyellowing old consoles. There's this crazy process that they use with like UV lights and like some chemical mm -hmm. and you can put it in there for like a day and all the yellow goes away and it's like brand new again. But anyway, yeah. I'll be impressed if that doesn't happen because every white anything I've ever owned gaming related has yellowed eventually. Like I just pulled out an old wave bird the other day and it's literally like gold colored. <laughs> it's like, oh. Well, the wave bird's not even, well, not even white. It's gray. Yeah. yeah. There's a little yellowing on the bottom of my wave bird. I'm looking at it right now. Yep. Um, it happens. It happens it, to everything, it, plastic. So well, it, de it depends. Like it's a problem in action figure world. Um, certainly like Jetfire is a problem in Transformers. But like it depends where you're storing it. It depends like what the air is like. It depends what the quality of the humidity is. Like it's, it's weird. Like, like uh, I have a ratchet, which is an, he's an ambulance, you know, the original G1 figure. Yep. It's fine. Totally white on the shelf my whole life. Da, da, da. And then I packed him away when my parents, when my, my, my mom moved out of her place, I packed them all up in like bins and put them in storage. And then I eventually got them when I moved and, you know, so I could display them and I take out ratchet. It's only been like two years, bright yellow. Yeah, like, like canary like this, yellow. It's just because it was in that thing where it just goes. Yeah. Well, that wasn't the, the tipping point. Was that I put it in a closed container uh, like that. with not air like yeah. circulating around it. Or whatever. You compare. Uh, I have you know I have two Dreamcasts. I have a Japanese one and an American one. The American one is pure white. The Japanese one is turned yellow. Like yeah. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know. You know they were both in the yeah, same my box. Japanese, my Japanese SNES looks literally like it was painted with gold. Super Nintendo, yeah. Super <laughs> Nintendos and Super Famicoms <laughs> have like so are infamous yeah. for turning like wet, weird color. And I think that's probably the same. I bet that's the same gray plastic they use on the Wavebird. Probably they've probably been using the same plastic compound all this time. Mm -hmm. But personally, like I wish at launch I could buy an all black PS5. I just do. I wish I, I could get an all black. I don't black mind all black or? like. I think the black and white is kind of dull to me. Like, that's the thing is like, I do look at the PS5 and think like, I bet eventually they will do a color combination that tempts me to buy another one. Maybe. Like, yeah. like yeah, I, I feel like blue, I would be tempted to buy one for sure. Yeah. Like, I feel like you, you can, I, at the very least, I feel like, you know, I'm not a big person for like special edition, like console game tie in things. I certainly, I think everything the PlayStation 4 has done like that has been ugly. But I bet you could, I bet the PlayStation 5 won't be. I bet they'll yeah. get some cool looks out of this system in terms of customizing it for specific tie-ins or bundles or color combinations. And I hope, like, certainly for the controller, at, at the very least, I hope they do, like, what Xbox does and let, let you order, like, a custom-built cool. color controller. Because I think there's a lot of possibilities well, yeah, in color you get the choices. Combo, the color combos yeah. there that you can do. Yeah, it might like, be cool. I hope that's Sony's plan and they're not just going to do like kind of the standard black and white, like trendy design thing. Cause like there's a lot of, of, there's a lot of uh, opportunity to like milk people for more money by like oh, a yeah. cool color combination on that. Cause I think, sure. I think it would look good in a whole bunch of different combinations. Yep. For sure. Um, but I would prefer to just have an all black with an all black controller. It doesn't look like that's going to be an option. So because I'm going to get one at launch, I'm going to be stuck with a console. I'm not, a thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, I bet it will be an option eventually. Yeah, but not not. But I launch. can't wait. I can't yeah. wait till the color comes out. No. So I'm gonna have the white and the black 
like everyone who takes the uh, the plunge on day one. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the other hardware that was shown. Uh, they showed, and to much to my dismay, a brand new PlayStation HD camera. Uh, if you guys remember, one of the things I was hoping was that uh, PlayStation 5 would have a camera built into it because streaming is such a thing now. That is not the case. They are selling a separate camera again. I'm guessing you're probably going to need the camera to use PlayStation VR 2. Um, so I was disappointed to see that. And I think in general, when talking about the hardware, now that is really, we know everything other than the price and the launch lineup um, and, and the, the release date. date and the date. Um, I don't know. I, uh, it's, it's hard for me to not be a little bit disappointed because it's, there's nothing really special about it. I mean, other than the hardware with the SSD and the GPU and stuff like that, but there's really no special features about it. It's really just another PlayStation that's more powerful. And I was a little bummed about that part of it. Um, but, you know, like you just said, they can make a lot of money selling that HD camera separately. So. Well, also they can make a lot of money selling a cheaper console. That's like, true. I think, I think you want to take all the accessories you want, you can out of that thing so you can sell it for less money because... You know, the people are speculating on the price. There's a lot of placeholder pre-order prices already. Amazon put up seven hundred dollars last Thursday. <laughs> now that is obviously not the right. real price. It's right. just like them covering their ass by picking the price they think is the highest it could possibly be. Right. Um, I still, I'm still sticking to five hundred. I think they're going to be five hundred. Um, maybe the digital one will come with like something extra to make up for the lack of. You know, theoretically, I mean, the, the, it's not like the optical drive costs that much. Yeah. It um, drastically changes the industrial design of the console. It does. And I prefer the, it without. The discless looks better, for sure. But I have used, Sony stuff generally does Blu-ray and 4K playback very well. So I don't yeah. think I want one without that. Just because I still do. Oh, I'm getting play the disc stuff. version without a doubt. Well, no. you are. I know. I knew because like you still buy disc games. I don't yeah. really buy disc games much unless it's something I really care about, like Yakuza or if Team Eco put something new out or whatever. Um, but I still use the PlayStation for um, Blu-rays yep. of movies because Sony just. You know, I'm sure you know they Nails partly it. own it's the their, they partly own the format. Their medium, yeah. yeah. So, um, but like it's yeah. So I'm definitely going to get the one with the drive. Me too. Yeah. So because it's just you know too useful. What about you, Mitch? You going disk drive or disk free? Oh, I'm totally going disk drive. Um, and the other thing I'd say, Shane, I don't, I never expected a camera in the console because after what Kinect had to deal with, I don't think Sony wanted that kind of a situation on their hands to try to PR spin that thing. I don't think that that's relatable at all. I think so. People <laughs> no don't like way. having something connected to their console and potentially being always on that someone can hack into. Like, I think that's a security issue for families and people and. That was a big issue with Connect, and, so and I, I, I just I think that that's a, not a fair comparison between the two things. I saw um, somebody say how much they wanted to jack the price up by including it. I mean, I yeah. think it makes more sense to only force the camera on someone if they want to buy VR two. You know, like it, like it makes more sense to bundle that into the PSVR two and worry about it later. Like I, I'm sure you will need it for whatever streaming gimmicks they have or whatever, but I don't think it's fair to force. I, I think the Connect comparison is apt in the sense of you're forcing this extra piece of hardware on me that I don't need or want and i could theoretically pay less money if i didn't get it included so like let the people that care about that pay that extra money for the separate you know the separate accessory and let me just get the freaking game console because i am not bummed by the fact that it doesn't do anything except be a more powerful ps playstation because that's all i want 
I guess it depends on what your plan is. If your plan, if you do have this elaborate plan to kind of create this streaming platform out of the PlayStation 5, then it makes more sense to include it. If you have no plans like that, then I agree with you a thousand percent. Well, who knows what Sony's plan? I mean, that's the thing is like we didn't, you know, this I, I applaud them for this thing being into- basically entirely games, except for a couple little montages of the hardware. Um, because you do got to focus on that, but we still don't know anything about what the OS looks like, what the... Well, there's some news about the UI did leak. They did say that they're building it completely from scratch Mm -hmm. all over again, but they said it's not going to be like some crazy drastic departure. I'm sure it won't be, but it's just like, we don't know about their streaming plans because we don't know, you know, we haven't had that presentation. We haven't had Jay Allard sitting on the stage with us yet to tell us about Velocity Girl for the PlayStation (laughs) 5, you know? Well, the guy who handles the UI, he tweeted that in like next month, there's going to be another event that goes over stuff like that. The more nitty gritty details. So we won't have to wait too much longer. I saw someone in chat- that is where I bet we're going to get the price and the release date and stuff. Yep, I'd agree. Uh, So I saw someone in chat say that uh, having a camera installed would mean that you couldn't put it the console anywhere you wanted. Well, my idea was that the- the camera was like a, a little swivel that you could just swivel and point it wherever you want it. So anyway, uh, not happening, but I can kind of understand why that's the case. Um, and then they there's a new, I, I think it's a universal remote. It looks like it because it has buttons for like yeah, the TV like and it. stuff on it. I think, um, yeah, I mean, the place, Sony's always had something like that since PS2. So I'm, I'm yeah. sure that's what that is. And then there's a new like headset. Um, which I think their headsets are actually pretty good. I've never owned one. I, I'm an Astro guy. So, um, yeah, basically they, they just showed off the same suite of peripherals that they show off every time they show off a new PlayStation platform. So all that's left, as we said earlier, is release date, the price, and the launch lineup of games. So let's let's pontificate on that a little bit because we have more data now and we have more information. Um, let's talk about price. So... After it was over, the BBC uh, spoke with Jim Ryan, who is now the head of PlayStation, um, and he they asked him about the price. And I'm just going to read the direct, direct quote from the BBC so that nothing gets misconstrued. misconstrued. Uh, com- quote, conventional wisdom and history show that our business is one of the more recession-proof businesses. But I think this will sharpen our need to ensure that we focus on getting the value equation right, and I emphasize value as opposed to price, end quote. What do you take away from that, Matt? Um, I take away that it is he's preparing people for it to be expensive. Yep, exactly. Because what the he's question saying, becomes like, what do you think expensive is? Because it's all relative, right? Depending and yeah, on how wealthy I mean anything. Yeah. Um, um, the fact I mean, that he's saying like, let's look at what you're getting for the money you're paying instead of just how much money you're paying. That to me was a mm-hmm. pretty big red flag. Like I. I mean, it's a much nicer way of saying we want you to get a second job to afford a PS3. <laughs> it's um, Ken Kutaragi too. Yeah. yeah, I just don't think... Ken Kutaragi run through a uh, better PR filter. But, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't... I really don't see... I mean, it probably should be 600 Probably. Um, I really wonder if internally Sony managed to be okay with 599 US dollars again. Again. <laughs> um, that's certainly not how they'll announce it. No, but definitely like, not. Not with that exact verbiage. Or they'll like bunt and make it five fifty or something. Like, uh, like I think they'll, they'll I, cut it in the middle. Yeah, I just think you you don't want to go too high on this thing in the especially. I mean, anyway, but especially with what's happened in the last six months. Like, see, that's that's what prompted him that response was they asked him. They're like, look, everybody's unemployed. 
and it's getting worse and the economy doesn't look like it's bouncing back any soon, is this a great time to release a console? And that's what prompted him mm -hmm. to say, well, let's look at the value instead of the price. I mean, that is like, which the he's right. That is, I mean, I mean he is, but like, it's also the weaseliest like executive answer to that you can give other than like just nakedly saying like, Hey, where's your goddamn wallet people? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sticking by my $500 prediction. I like think I think that's, the I think both of them are 500. Price. Yeah. Um, and I also don't think there's going to be a price difference on the two models. Really? No. Oh, I do. I think the, the discless version will be 50 bucks cheaper. I think the discless version will be the same price, but come with a game or something. Oh, okay. That makes I mean, then they're not the same price because you're still getting something of value for buying the. Yeah, but to get version. the system, you got to pay $500 one okay. way or the other. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I don't know what I, that game would be, but like probably something like not super thrilling, but uh, I don't know. Something that's worth 50 bucks is my guess. Yeah, like something like <laughs> Last of Us 2 yeah. or, uh, or Ghost of Tsushima or something. Yeah. Some recent exclusive that would be that has a, a, you know, an update that makes it look really good on yep. the PS5. Mitch, where are you sitting on price after everything we've seen? I just can't see him going above $500 either. Um, I'm with you, Shane, I think it might be $50 difference if it's going to be discless, um, just because a precedent, typically how it works. Yeah, precedent yeah, like, has been like that with Microsoft yeah. when they've done that. So I don't see them, if it works for Microsoft, Sony as a company, of course, is going to do the same thing. So I don't see them doing that. Um, if they did uh, go at the same price, I think I would agree mm -hmm. with Matt in the sense of they would give you a free game. It would be something like The Last of Us or Ghost. They have to do something. Home. They can't yeah. just charge you the same. Yeah. It no, makes actually, no sense. Hardware. Actually, Swanland's saying Astrobot, and I buy that. No, Astro well, Astrobot is already packed with all in. of it. It's coming free already. With five. Yeah. yeah, it's already all built right. in. Just like the last one. Which maybe not because maybe I say Last of Us and stuff, but maybe not an M-rated game. That's why yeah, Astrobot perked up to me. It was like, okay, yeah, you want something everybody can play? Spider Man. Yeah, it could be the uh, first could be the first Spider Man. That would be a that would be a good pick. Yeah, and get you it running looking good on PS Five. Tie into the next game that the lost and healthy yeah. version. Build marketing for the sequel. Yeah. Well, whatever it is for the, <laughs> the yeah. spin off. Yeah, uh, well, well, the only thing you guys were talking about, I forgot, I was going to pitch in and mention was that actually, if you watch the co the conference that they did. I think they showed off the opening screen when you turn on your PlayStation. They did. Yeah, that's all Which, though. They just showed like the yeah. boot. Thing. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if that was it, but I was going to ask you for that if you thought that was it because I, I caught it, it when I was watching it the first time. If you watch like the hangout that I did with PS5, I was like, "Oh, there it is. There's the boot for PS5." But that's it. They didn't show the UI after that. It was just that hitting the button and watching it boot up. So, I mean, they could change that still before it releases. So we'll see. But yeah, I think that was the intent. With that, was like, "Hey, we're going to slide this little boot thing in between these two trailers and see if anybody notices." And I did. So. Yeah, I think it absolutely was. So uh, we just started doing our poll of the week again on Sifted. And basically, we poll you guys on a hot topic. And then we come on the show and we share the results. So we're getting your take into the show as well, beyond just sort of the chat comments that we address. So the poll of the week this week, no brainer, was what do you think of the PlayStation 5 form factor? Uh, and we gave four options. There was yay, nay, I think it'll grow on me, and... It doesn't matter. So uh, ultimately, the results, if you want to bring them up now, Mitch, yay, 42% of respondents, nay, 25% of respondents. I think it'll grow on me, 17%, and it doesn't matter, 16%. So 
it appears that the vast majority of people do like it. Um, the people who are saying it'll grow on me, they're, and that is what I voted. Um, they're saying that I don't hate it now, and maybe I'll like it more over time. That that was my my response. Um, and then it doesn't matter, 16%. Um, so I guess you could really cap them in with, like, it doesn't bother them that much either. So it appears that the vast majority of sifters are on board uh, with the form factor of the PlayStation 5. Um, it would be interesting to see if we had, like, a really big poll, like, uh, you know, with, like, hundreds of thousands of respondents to see what they think. Um, so this obviously isn't crazy scientific, but our users are the hardest of the hardcore. So I think you can get a good idea of what the real hardcore gamers are thinking of it at this point based upon that. So, Matt, when do you think we'll get another color combo for PS5? How long do you think they'll wait? Like a year? Yeah, like a year. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're waiting for another color combo, you're going to be waiting for a while. But there are a lot of people that do wait until that second or third year to get a console. Yeah. Like uh, a year in, I can see like next summer, one of their exclusives gets like a, a bundle or like a, you know, like a special edition console with it. Like a Horizon yeah. console or something like that. Yeah. So Which, like, I admit, I might, depending on what it looks like, I might be tempted on that one. <laughs> I have a feeling you, you might be. Uh, so that's PlayStation 5 hardware. It's time to shift towards the games because as great as the hardware section was, and it was pretty awesome, and they showed us a lot of stuff that we hadn't seen before, the game section was even more astounding, um, especially when you compare what was shown in this to the big Xbox software blowout that we had just a couple weeks ago. Uh, to me, this just kind of dwarfed what we saw for Xbox Series X um, back in the X Inside Xbox event, both in quantity and quality, I would argue. And look, that may have been Microsoft's choice. It didn't show its first-party stuff at that. It's going to do that here in a couple weeks. Um, it, it didn't just, even show major third-party stuff, it really. really. Didn't. It was yeah. a, It was an also-ran... It was, and I think now in hindsight that may have been a mistake. Um, you obviously you you'll never gonna you're never gonna be able to know what PlayStation's gonna do. So you you are kind of shooting in the dark a little bit when you decide you're gonna go first. Um, and they really Sony clearly really wants Microsoft to go first on the price. Yep, yep, definitely because it came last, showing everything, and still didn't announce the price. So mm -hmm. I think it was gonna be a staring contest going on. Like you may not get the prices of these things until like a few weeks before they actually release. I think we'll know the release date before we know the price for both of these things. I think at a certain point you can't you can't do that. You have to for the retail channels, they have to know what price they're charging like at least like 3 months out. So I think well, we wait, I mean the the Saturn and the PlayStation, you know, Saturn's like, "Hey, it's out there on shelves now." You yeah, know, but that but that was a day days before pre-ordering. Like, yeah. you know, the, 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 the retail market is different now. Like, you need to be able to charge people ahead of time. You need to take deposits depending on where you are. Like, it's, uh, you're going to know the prices of these things at least a quarter before they come out. Okay. Um, well, we're kind of there already. Well, no, because, like, well, October, November is a long way away still. I mean, That's an eternity. by July. I mean, November is as far away now as mid-January is from, from now. Do you think, think it's going to be think about how October, November? Yeah. Think about how long that's been. Think about everything that's yeah. happened since. Oh, well, this is an exception. 2020 is an exception. To but now imagine everything that can happen in that same amount of time between it's now true. and then. It's like, totally true. All right. Let's start talking about some of these games. Uh, for me personally, I was shocked to see what they led this off with, despite the fact that it is the best selling game of all time. I could not believe 
that they let off with Grand Theft Auto V. This is the PlayStation 5 big blowout, and they lead off with a game that's over a half decade old. Uh, at first, I was really excited for that brief moment when I saw the Rockstar logo. I was like, oh my god, they about to drop the bomb of GTA stuff. And no, no you're your your hope when it comes to Rockstar is adorable. <laughs> like it, the I instant I saw Rockstar, I'm like, oh, we're starting with GTA Five, huh? Okay, here we go. Yeah, they are I, never. I mean, I admit I didn't think GTA Five directly. I thought GTA <laughs> Online or something. I, yeah, I, I, I just More figured than it was. What it was. I think no, I thought it was less than what it was. I thought oh. it was gonna be like GTA Five's online mode is gonna carry forward oh. because that's their cash cow. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of right. I guess they're just bringing a campaign with it because why the fuck not? Why not? Um, yeah. fine. I mean, who? Sure, why not? I mean, you, I don't. You, you I don't need to play right that. Right there, it. you said, "Who cares?" <laughs> yeah. I and mean, that's why you start off with this. Well, you lead off with it because no one's leaving. You know, it's like it's like yeah. that's that's your you know, and probably Rockstar wanted oh, I'm prominent sure, positioning. I'm sure there was some some wrangling going on behind yeah. the scenes there. They're like maybe showing that first was a contingency on a deal that they're working out with Rockstar for Grand for the next Grand Theft Auto. It could be. Yeah. I mean, it could be something that parlays on down the line. And there was, like, you know, there was a deal, you know, there's the thing where like, you know, GTA online yeah. players Even get a, a bunch million, of free money. million bucks for month until then and stuff. You're going to get some bonuses if you already own it on PS4. When you, I mean, clearly there's deals in place. Um, and it's just, it, it just does sort of feel like, uh, all right, this thing's, for, okay, we'll just get this out of the way. And... <laughs> We don't know which one of you weirdos doesn't have this yet four times, but here you go. Like yeah. you're gonna be able I mean, to buy it is, again. Look, they just gave it away for free on like Epic Game Store. Like uh, yeah. I, I just can't even imagine who needs it or really wants it. I don't know. This thing it's like Skyrim. It's like it is. Are we doing that again? Are we gonna get <laughs> Skyrim on PS5? <laughs> to fill the fucking time until we're waiting for Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six, because like maybe. Yeah. It's possible who for needs sure. To play that again. But then who needs to be I mean, at least at least GTA has the online mode that I kind of understand like people would continually play yeah but like there's a reason skyrim is just like yeah, just keep buying it all right like no. why make another one at that rate yeah. regardless i was really surprised to see them lead off with this um and then as the as it kept going on i was like there's got to be something bigger here that's coming and it just never materialized um and then they moved on to what should have been the game that they let off with and that was marvel spider-man miles morales um there's been, I think of everything that's been, that was announced at this event, this is the product that has generated the most discussion. As far as people not being 100% sure of exactly what it was or is or will be, I think what we settled in on is a standalone expansion. No, it's a game. Yeah, see, I it's think it's bigger than an expansion. It's, it's not a, like... It's a lost legacy. But Lost Legacy was only like four hours. I th do you think but that's only going to be this long? It could be. I mean, you still got the city. Like, you got plenty of stuff. I mean, basically, you're putting Miles Morales in the city. The city's already built, so you can no, just I think add I think this game's going to be way bigger than Lost Legacy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it could be bigger than Lost Legacy, but as a standalone game, it's not like DLC. It's it's an actual standalone yeah. game you have to buy. Yeah, yeah you have to buy it so, separately. And so is Lost Legacy, but Lost Legacy is a full game. Lost Legacy is eight hours. It's uh, it's it's not like the 15-hour Uncharted campaign, but like they've been working on this Miles Morales game since 
almost yeah, before for, the first game came out. Yeah, for over um, two years, yeah. this is if I guarantee you, this is going to be 12, 13, 15 hours, just like the main campaign. If yeah, you I think it's going to be just as game. long as the last game was. Yeah, I don't yeah. Th- think there's any reason to think otherwise, and I don't think Insomniac is dumb enough to believe people would want anything otherwise. It's I mean, weird. yeah, it's forty bucks, but one of the re- it's going to be forty bucks, I think. Um, but I th- is that right? Did I make that up? They I don't know. I didn't price. hear that. There was no price, price No, we'll see. We'll I mean, see what that costs. And, yeah. Um, but uh, I expect it to be a full-fledged game. It's just going to be Spider-Man again with Miles and his powers and whatever happens in this. Yeah. Um, I don't. Ex- I don't expect it to be some kind of like bite-size anything because the city's already there. The gameplay's already there. Like all you got, you know, they clearly knew this is where they were going because of how the first game ends. So go for it. Give Miles his own game. Play with it a little bit. Set up Spider-Man Two, uh, you know, for for uh, for some big thing that it features both of them playable. And like, great. Like that Why do you way, think people jump to that yeah. conclusion, Matt. I don't know. I mean, because part it of it looks, is. Beca- I mean, it looks like the last game. It doesn't. Yeah, well, part of it, I think, better. is because um, that the Sony uh, Europe guy gave the interview over. Well, to us, would have been overnight, where he called it an expansion. And uh, well, was unclear, was unclear about stuff, and then Insomniac had to clarify and do all this. Other. And he was saying, in this, I think he compared it to Lost Legacy and something else. And I think it was because um, I think he meant it in the sense that, like, it's using the old tech, it's using the first game's engine and the first game's world. Setting, not, it's yeah. a Majora's Mask thing, you know. Yeah. We're, we're reusing the assets. That's actually to some probably the best analogy. Um, yeah, like Majora's Mask is probably the closest comparison, um, and like that's what I expected to be, or even Breath of the Wild too, frankly, which seems to be doing a very similar thing. Yeah, um, I think all three of us are really excited for this game, though. Obviously, yeah. Oh, the, the single. I mean, if it wasn't. There's other stuff that I'm interested in, but even if nothing else in the entire show was interesting to me, I'd be buying it day one for this game. Like it's Spider-Man. coming. Is it a launch game or did they just say fall? It said holiday twenty twenty. Okay. So, so we don't know that it's gonna be there day one, but my guess is it will be. Like I think the 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 twenty twenty release date stuff was vague on this specifically because they didn't want to say the, the console's date. release yeah. date. So yeah. my guess is that will this will be this is their big launch game. I mean, I I don't see any reason to bring this out like a few weeks after the system, you know, like if it's yep. going to be out for holiday. I say this has to be out the day the system's out. Okay. Um, next up, Gran Turismo seven. Um, it's funny because it wasn't that Gran Turismo seven even really leaked. There wasn't a bunch of leaks around it. It was just common sense that this game was probably going to mm-hmm. be shown. And it was uh, the trailer ended up being pretty long. I was pretty surprised. Most of the trailers in this are like when you chop out, like, the title card at the beginning and the title card at the end with that, which is what we do for B-roll for game face. Most of the B-roll clips are like 45 seconds to like a minute. This was longer. Um, Matt, do you see a big appreciable difference with Gran Turismo 7 versus Gran Turismo Sport? I mean, I'm not super familiar with sport, but I've seen like videos and GIFs of it and stuff. Where like there's a couple of, you know, you set the time of day right, you set the car right, you set the lighting right. It's real hard to tell it's not real footage, real. Yeah. you know? And like, so I don't know how much more improvement you can make on visually on G- GT. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that these clearly the ray tracing's in place and they've got yeah. probably got more polygons or probably got, you know, but you're basically just, just putting another coat of varnish on the thing at this point. Um, it looks really good. The, the last one looked really good. The uh, one I, shot of the garage mm-hmm. kind of blew my doors off. 
Um, it's literally just like a second and a half, and they show a car pulling up to the garage, and the camera's inside the garage, and just all the reflections off of all the steel in the garage. It's that shot. I was like, oh, okay, all right, that's definitely an improvement over what we saw with Gran Turismo Sport. But for the most part, when you see it out on the track in the cars, like I just feel like with driving games, we have just reached this extreme law of diminishing returns where you're going to need so much more headroom with the hardware to, to make a difference where you're really going to notice it. It's yeah. Just well, I genre. think the other, the other downside is like, what else do you do? Like, even when you do find say like the ray tracing does make a difference in the visually or like, like we talked about project cars, having the puddles that evaporate in real yeah. time. So, how much of that affects what you're doing moment oh. to moment in the actual game? Like, it's like, you're, yeah. you're still kind of playing the same thing you already played. Um, and if you're like one of the hardcore sim people who has like the wheel and the shifter and the thing, you know, the whole setup, like that's going to make it there. You know, that's going to be a yeah. big difference, obviously. Sure. But if a casual player like me who just like plays with the controller and like sort of like dabbles around it and plays a little bit and wishes he was playing Forza Horizon, like it's, isn't, it wasn't an exciting thing to see to me beyond like, Oh, that's cool that it can look like that. That like you can. It's, it's a nice little like visual demo, but like it certainly didn't sell me the game. Although the menu screen did at least look like it had a little more personality than the <laughs> average funny GT. That you mentioned so. that. How bizarre is it that they put that in the debut trailer? I think it, it was weird. like a message, like, yeah, we know our menus have always sucked. We've finally yeah, but, done something. But, but now the house dances, so it's fun, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, it's like, yeah, it was um, weird. You're you're right. It was weird. Now, one thing but, they but did say it. was that they are focusing on career mode for this game. And in mm -hmm. my opinion, that has been a sore spot in this franchise for a long time. It's like they have adhered to that same rigid license test structure for far too long. Um, I hope that they completely overhaul the single player experience in general. In yeah, it'd be nice to, to see make it more some exciting and fun. Yeah, it's just so drab the way it is now. So. Um, and I think that was good. part of their brand for a long time. That like yeah. we have the no frills, no bells and whistles. Like We're we are sin. here to drive yeah. a car for real. Like that. Yeah. But like I don't don't I don't think presentationally that flies anymore. I don't either. You need more you need more meat on the bone. Uh, Mitch, do you have any interest in Gran Turismo Seven? Uh, not really. I mean, yeah. it looks good. Um, the Dual Sense might do some fun things with it though. So I'm kind of interested mm -hmm. to see what it will do. Uh, based on They've been talking about that a lot, actually. For a lot of the games. Like, like a, lot a lot of the developers whose games were shown in this, they weren't really allowed to go on social media and talk about the games specifically. So they, a lot of times they would talk about how they're using like the haptic feedback in the dual sense. Like I think one developer was like, we have 12 different types of feedback for your hands in our game already. And I was like, okay, that's... That's a step up from the rumble in the triggers on the Xbox One controller. So, and, and one said on the 3D audio that literally an arrow would shoot past your head, and you can literally hear the wind of the whoosh of that arrow fly by your ear if they miss. So now, like, I will like say, that is impressive. Yeah. So when I did the hangout for this, um, where I watched it with all you guys and did some like commentary uh, between and afterwards, <coughs> I was um. I made sure that the volume of the stream was loud uh, because they had mentioned you should wear headphones while you watch this. So I intentionally like mixed my voice lower in the mix because I wanted people to be able to experience this sound thing that they've been working on. And I absolutely did. I could tell it. I could tell. I could tell the difference in pretty much every game, and particularly the first party games. I could 
it was 3D audio. I could mm -hmm. tell that it was swirling and it was motion or position correct. So um, it it sounds like the work that they have done on the audio kit for PS5 actually is going to pay more dividends than lip service this time because I feel like I've heard this for the last ever since like music's on like GameCube and then you play the games you're like Duh, I don't really see any difference this time I am already seeing a difference through like streams so it does appear that the work that they've been doing is going to pay off in some way with better audio in general and for your right for games like Gran Turismo I think it it gets weighted a little heavier in all honesty so yeah I think good call there I think Mitch's answer is is uh, the answer I've heard constantly when people get asked about GT recently, and I think that's what they should call the game, Gran Turismo. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of where it's at at this point. Um, next up, to, in my opinion, the most impressive, technically, the most impressive video game I've ever seen with my own two eyes. And this is not hyperbole. This is just me being honest. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, what Called I it, liked, by the way. What'd you say? Called it, by the way. Called what? I said last week Ratchet and Clank would show up, and it did. So I'm okay. super happy about that. <laughs> yeah, and Mitch um, and I both did get what we wanted from Insomniac. Uh, you both in did. This presentation. Yeah, you got both. They gave you both games. <laughs> um, this, to me, was the first game that I've laid my eyes on where I was like, okay, that's next gen. Um and there's a game that comes a little later on that we'll talk about here in a bit that kind of did the same thing, but not to the same extent that this game did. Um, because you're seeing what they've been talking about in action. The SSD. You see what it's going to do. It allows this game to basically just warp you from one gigantic world to another in the blink of an eye. And it's, there's no loading, there's no draw-in or pop-up. You go through that warp gate, and it's just there. It's mind-boggling how they did that. They never could have done that without an SSD drive. Um, and then you just start talking about just what the game looks like. It's I, My jaw just dropped the whole time. Like, if you look at the reaction of it, like, I couldn't even hardly talk. Um, the real shame of it is, is that this game is so high fidelity. Like I was um, rendering B-roll from the show yesterday and I read it, our B-roll is all 1080p, even though you watch the stream in 720, our B-roll is actually 1080. And it does make the footage look a little better even in 720p. But I used the 4K version of that trailer to render down to 1080p because I knew that I needed to do something for that footage. Otherwise, it was going to get massacred once it was compressed and it still got massacred. I, After I finished editing and compressing and, and rendering the B-roll last night, I watched it and it's just murdered. Like, I don't know that there's any compression that's going to be able to keep up with all the detail and the speed and everything that is in that game. It's... I was just blown away, blown away. I was like, take my money. That's when I realized that, that what we're going to spend for these consoles, likely $500, my guess is going to be worth it. Be when I saw that game, I was like, all right, there's the leap. This is, this is gen nine. Not all this other stuff that we've been seeing these third party. This is what gen nine can be when you write to the metal. Um, and now because of ratchet and clank, Rift Apart, I am jacked for Generation 9. I cannot wait. 
Matt, how, how did you take in uh, your first look at the new Ratchet? Um, well, not like that. Um, my reaction's more like, cool, more Ratchet. Like, I'm glad Ratchet's coming back. I think the first, the previous game, the, the, kind of the re, I guess it was kind of a remake of the first game on PS4. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was really pushing the envelope yep. visually on that system, too. I mean, it was, yeah. Uh, they still, really you still look at it and you're like, damn. Yeah. The, like, <laughs> Insomniac's really been leaning into creating like a real time, you know, Pixar cartoon with the Ratchet games for a while now. Their engineers um, are really good. And I don't know um, how much Cerny works with those guys now. He yeah. used to work with them a lot, but man, they're they're coders. They got some. I, I have a feeling that that they get calls a lot from I, the other oh, Sony yeah, from teams from all the other studios. How did yeah. you do that? Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, it was it was definitely you know it looks more um, made for PS5 than looks Miles like it was Morales built does from the beginning for a PlayStation um, 5. Yeah. yeah, it's you know because obviously it's not reusing any assets. It's not really based on it. You know, as far as I can tell. Um, and it just it just looks um, I don't know it just looks solid like it doesn't look real time like it doesn't look like something that's trying to like work around the limitations or the or the or the rough edges of real time it just looks like it looks like a pre rendered CG movie except you know it's not yeah. because there's a little bit of stutter here and there there's a little bit I like, guess clearly a real time thing happening it's just it's really crazy to see what they can do. You know, some people kind of dismiss it, I think, because it's not realistic. You know, it's not like mm -hmm. trying to be photo real, so it doesn't count or whatever. But like, I do, I do. While I didn't like, kind of like, like quite quite ninth gen freak out the way you did, it, it, I do um, agree with you that it's the best looking game they showed of the of the whole presentation. The other thing um, I like too is that it's not just visuals. You know that whole warp mechanic. Like I yeah. can't even really wrap my head around it yet. I yeah, don't it's really definitely like when I saw that I was definitely like, okay, this is yeah, like you said, that's what Cerny's talking about. It's like like and, and it's not even like that. Sony made a directive, hey, like find a way everybody to use this thing we can do. It's clearly like they came up with that tech. And Insomniac was like, oh, that means we could do this thing. And yep. they just did. You know, that might have been an idea that's been on a whiteboard for 10 years. And there's like, oh, now we can finally do this thing, um, which is really cool. Um, and I'm just happy to see Ratchet more. You know, Ratchet's kind of been on the back burner for a while, and I'm happy to see him back. I did hear a rumor. Um, so was it Rift, Rift, Rift Apart is what yep. it's called? I did hear a rumor a while back that the name of the new game was going to be Reach Around the Galaxy, <laughs> um, which I love as a title. And it still fits. It still works. Well, I mean, um, they also do that. I mean, the, right. they, they have Everything's right double on time, subtitles right? yeah. for their game sometimes. Yeah. This is one of the only ones that isn't, really. Yeah. It's a pun, but it's not a, it's not a, a sex gag. Yeah, it's not but like dirty. Like, yeah. But I like... I, I, I get why they didn't use that title, but yeah. what, a, what a good title! Um, <laughs> been great. But I like the idea that, like you know, the the, the, diff the different worlds in Ratchet is always one of my favorite things. All the different places you go, all the different planets you go yeah. to, and the idea and now you're just zapping like, to them. Yeah. Well, the idea, well, not you're not even just zapping different planets. It looks like you're zapping through different timelines and different realities. Yeah, and that's an even more exciting thing because they've done time, you know, they've done time travel and stuff mm -hmm. like that before. But there is an immediacy to what they showed in this trailer that yeah. is just like beyond anything they've done before. And then, of course, you see the female Lombax at the end, and you're like, yeah. "Where are you going with this? Guys? <laughs> this is gonna be crazy." Maybe the reach around thing was more, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was more apt than you thought. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mitch, you're a big Ratchet fan. How did you take in this whole thing? I was more towards your end of Shane of, of that showing off that SSD and really seeing like worlds can be instantaneously shot out. And I think that was really impressive. And, you know, even something as simple as the glare on the bottom of the surface when Ratchet's doing the gameplay, uh, running around and the people are screaming and going like, oh, help me. Uh, just seeing the reflection off there was quite impressive with the, I mean, it was just it definitely the best looking game. And I, I mean, it looks like it's pretty far in development. So, I mean, they didn't say a date, but this could I wouldn't be surprised if it is a launch game. Like my I guess is Q4 next year, holiday 2021. Or early yeah, it, it 2021. did. Ha it did have a pre-alpha thing on the footage. I think. Yeah. There was a That's little thing guess. in the corner that was it like could come at any time. I don't think it's gonna be a launch game though. No, not not with Spider-Man. I mean, I wouldn't right be here. surprised if it was one, but I'm probably with you guys to say it'll be next year sometime. Yep. Because you also got to keep that momentum going. You got to remember a lot of times with a console launch. Although PlayStation really hasn't done this because its launches usually suck. Yeah. But a lot of times with a console launch, you have that big rush of games right at the beginning, the first, the, the launch window, they call it. And then it's just crickets for like weeks or months at a time after that. So uh, PlayStation... Yeah, Sony consoles do have a, a tendency to have a real rough Q, Q2 post-launch. Yeah. Um, but then their first party stuff starts kicking in. So. Yeah. I think that if they're smart, they won't release Ratchet this holiday season. No, I, th I think they're spacing these out. I think we're getting Spider-Man at launch. I think probably GTA's in there or GTA's maybe the following quarter. And then you've got Ratchet and then you've got Horizon. Like, I, th I think they're going to, I think you, you, we've seen the four big exclusives for the next year out of this presentation. Probably. Yep. And speaking of which, now we're going to get into the third party stuff. And unlike the Xbox event, the third party stuff in this was some big stuff, big hitters, um, some legendary names in there, some legendary franchises in there. I think what you saw was one PlayStation's claws are dug far more deeply into the Japanese development scene. Um, yeah. And so you got all the big third-party uh, Japanese publishers to show some of their biggest IP at this, whereas at Microsoft's thing, we saw a lot of indie stuff, and we get a little bit of that in this too, and we'll get to it, but a lot more indie stuff in Microsoft's than in this one, a lot more B-level third-party stuff than in this one. Uh, the first game that they showed was a game called Project Athia. Um, this is a Square Enix game. It's coming from the Luminous team, which ended up being the team that finished Final Fantasy 15 after it went through development hell for like a decade. Uh, so this is their first original IP from that studio. Um, maybe more near and dear to our hearts is our friend Gary Witta is, the, is writing the game. Um, so you know Luminous can handle the technical side of it. I think some people would argue that maybe the writing in Final Fantasy 15 wasn't the best. Um, so you have Gary Witta coming in, who... I don't know if that's an argument so much as just a flat-out statement. It's true. Yeah, I, try, I try to be judicious when I can. Um, so there's a huge upgrade as far as the writing is concerned. The other thing, too, is that it's being written by a Western writer instead of a Japanese mm -hmm. writer. So Almost Gary guaranteed Witta, to not have quite so many anime grunts. Yeah, and Gary Witta is not some nobody. He's written some huge stuff for some properties that are very near and dear to fans' hearts. So... That, to me, is a great combo. The Final Fantasy team working with Gary Witta. I think that's a match made in heaven. 
The one thing I, I don't like is I hate it when Square announces things as project whatever, yeah. because it means you're not seeing it for a very long time. Yep. And it also means eventually we're going to have to change the title of the game on Sifted, and we're going to lose all the SEO mm. juice from the old title. <laughs> Just thinking and that new title is not going to make any damn sense. It'll have like no relation to the project whatever. Uh, Mitch, what did you think of uh, Athia? Um, for a person that liked Final Fantasy 15, I definitely am interested in this one. You know, I, and they I, only gave us like 30 seconds of that game. Yeah, it wasn't like, a lot yeah, in there. Yeah, it's I, really I short. The, I think the character stands out, though. I think her look yeah. stands out, and I'm usually a fan of strong female characters, and so I think this is one of them. And for me, I, it's a fantasy world, and looks like it's got a mix of like Earth and magic, and I'm all in. It's it it looks like fun. I mean, I'm definitely is... going to pick, uh, I would definitely pick Final Fantasy XV as one of the worst games of this generation. Um, but I'm not going to blame this team for that. Like, I, I don't think that was their problem. They were cleaning up a mess. Yeah, yeah they, were, they, were, they were mopping the floor uh, as best they could. So I, I'm interested to see what they, they do when they're not hamstrung by half a decade of errors and no more. No excuses now, though. No excuses. No, now, now all, you know, for all the marbles. Put up or shut Yuri. up time. Yep, Come on. with their new studio. Um, and I'm guessing we don't see this game until 2022 at the earliest. Something yeah, like that. About like, that. We'll, that sounds right. We'll probably end up showing this same trailer on Game Face another hundred times before we ever get a new one, is my yeah. point. <laughs> at least twice next year and like, where are they now? You know, yeah, exactly. Segments. What happened to this game? Uh, next up, Stray. Now, this game, I feel like, has generated outside of the big kind of three or four first party games, I feel like this game has kind of generated some of the most discussion and probably because it stars a cute cat. <laughs> it is, I'm calling it an alley cat sim. I don't know if that's completely fair to the game. We haven't got a ton of details about it, but you play as a cat <laughs> in this game. Um, great trailer, I would also add. The little meow at the end was a nice touch uh, and something that will probably be used in sound ups and edits for a, a long time to come. What was your take on this, Matt? This is when I started to realize that, okay, this isn't just going to be about Sony's first-party stuff, and it's not even going to just be about big third-party stuff. There's going to be some indie stuff in this presentation. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I mean, it looks cool. Um, I like cats, so obviously, like, a, a, a street cat wandering around solving mysteries with a backpack on is, is, a, <laughs> is an appealing idea. Um, it is also on PS4, apparently. Yeah. Um, so it's not like Super built for PS5, but I like the like kind of the, the soaked in neon look. It's coming to PC as well. Stray is, but uh, I like the, the look of it. I don't know if I'll get it on PS5. Might be a PC purchase, and we'll see. But um, I don't know. Was is is it Blue Twelve? Is yeah, that who's doing I had it? never like, heard of that studio. I, neither have I. I don't know what their pedig. I mean, pedigree sounds like a pun with this, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm they not weren't in our that. database. Um, hmm. So when I added this game, that was a new developer added to our database. And we have thousands of developers on Sifted already. And it's very rare that we come across one that we haven't put into the site already. So, yeah, it may be their first game. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I'm interested. I got, you got my attention. I mean, yeah. it's also a nice looking cat. I like the, you know, it looks like a... I like that the cat is not stylized. I like that it's just sort of just like, a a, like a realistic looking cat. <laughs> yeah. And it's also an orange cat, and orange cats are great. Mitch, any uh, any take on this? Uh, I was... Oh, no, <laughs> I guess not. I was, was kind of <laughs> meh on it. You know, put, yeah. put it in the Gran Turismo yeah. box. <laughs> the, setting was, the setting was kind of interesting that, that there's no humans because it said, our rest in peace humans on the back. 
Um, and I, th the one thing I would say is the cat is probably the, probably the best animated cat I've seen in a while in regards to games. Hard to animate cats for sure. Yeah, so I, I was impressed by that, but I'm a dog person. Oh. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, that's not my cup of tea. Do you hate cats? No, I don't hate them. It's just, I grew up with dogs and then raised wolves when I was a kid. So it was just, I've always been a dog. You guy. probably didn't have too many cats around then. Cause I, we had one cat those. named Schnookums <laughs> when I was a child, but unfortunately it died. So the wolves know. ate the cat. They no. did. Your parents <laughs> just didn't tell you what really happened, Mitch. Oh, no, I hate to actually, break it to you live here on game face, oh. but your wolves ate the cat. <laughs> well, actually to be actually, you're kind of close. So my, my parents lied to me for a long time about what happened to the cat. And my sister sure. regretted and she hated me for a long time because they said I let the cat out and it died in a river and ah! that wasn't the case. <laughs> so I lived with that lie for 15 uh, years. They waited until uh, I was 15 to tell me the truth about that. That was ridiculous. Yep. All right, let's move on. Let's talk next about Returnal. Um, we are big fans of Housemark, at least we used to be. Uh, they're developers of games like Rezogun. They have a very unique art style that they have used in many of their games uh, that they call Voxels. Uh, the new game, though, uh, is kind of like Groundhog Day on Mars. That's the way I've been describing it. Um, it's a side-scrolling shooter, kind of. The camera moves, but most of the gameplay takes place on a 2D plane. So we're calling it a side-scrolling shooter. Uh, but it's very cinematic, and basically what happens is every time you die, the world changes, and then you you basically are reborn, and you go at it again. Uh, there's another game later on that has a very similar concept, so I was calling the press conference like the Groundhog Day presser or whatever. Um, so the graphical style also is not what we're used to uh, with Housemark. They do not use voxels in this. They use a more traditional, more realistic art style, um, Matt, how well, do you... they are still using the bullet hell angle. Yeah. To some, like, like you can tell it's their pedigree to some degree, even though they're not using the voxels. Like, yep. The gameplay feel look looks house marky in terms of kind of what they're throwing at you. Now, my concern is that when House Mark has strayed away from its bread and butter, its games haven't been especially great. In fact, it made a statement what about a year and a half ago, two years ago saying that it was, in fact, going to move away from what people knew it for. Uh, and then its next game came out, and it tanked, and we were like, what are they going to do now? They bailed on what they were good at, and now... I actually forgot what their next game was. Yeah, because it was that bad. It was terrible. So They said that after Next Machina, which was great. Yep. And then, and then the yeah, next game came out, and it was... Yeah, I can't good. remember what that next game was. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh -oh. I, I can look it up on, on the site or whatever. But anyway... Um, how do you feel about this, Matt? Do you wish maybe they had gone back to create games like their old style? Or, you, or do you feel like what you've seen is, is that? No, I mean, I, th I think it's fine. Like, I don't think any developer should be locked into doing the same thing over and over again if they don't want to. Because uh, otherwise you end up like Gorilla having to make five Killzone games. And then, like, you know, we could have had Horizon sooner if they hadn't been locked into that. You know, maybe what, what if we had Horizon as a launch title instead of... Uh, Kill Zone Shadowfall. Um, right. But like, yeah, I like the premise. Premise is interesting. Um, like weird mystery space stuff is cool. Like I, you know, I, I'm interested. I watched the whole thing and I was like, oh, I wonder what this is going to be. And not just from Housemark, but because the, the idea is interesting. The concept's interesting. Yep. Um, and yeah, I recognize the bullet hell angle to it and the, and the elements to it. So like maybe they are kind of going back to their bread and butter to some degree. 
Um, I just it's hope hard, they really it's hard to change the world every time because I don't want to play a game where they move one platform every time you die. Like I, I don't want to have to keep playing the same section of the game over and over and over and over again. I hope that what they're saying about the world changing every time you die, one is true and two is drastic. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Like, you know, and, and I don't know if we know if they're using procedural on this or if it's going to be like, I don't know. Like, like they show a lot of different looking places. They do, yeah. But if you're going to die a lot, who knows what that's going to be. I mean, so it, it, it's clearly kind of a, like a, it's clearly like a roguelike uh, kind of kind of approach. Um, a lot of times I do find that irritating because uh, you know you're doing the same thing over and over again, and a lot of times the thing you're doing over again is not particularly different from you know your but, first but if, five attempts. Yeah, yeah. So like if so if they can find a way to make the environments change drastically, that might solve that problem for me. So that's one of the reasons that's interesting. Yeah, um, well, I'm definitely interested for sure. But uh, I'm also interested in that it's a, you know the, the main character is an Orthodox. It's an older woman. Yeah, um, which you don't see that in like games like ever, really. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like how, like how that the you know the American version of Near uh, had an old man as the main character, like you know, and then then the remaster is not even going to use them. They're going to use the the young hot brother guy from uh, the Japanese version. But um, so I like that. I like that they're kind of going unorthodox with that. Um, they're also reminded me a little again, a little bit of that game. Uh, I think it was Echo. The, where yep. the the woman keeps getting killed by her own clones, yeah, in like a weird space station yeah. mansion. Yeah, place. I can see where you draw those uh, comparisons um, for sure. So I don't know. It, it does seem to be a little influenced by uh, Event Horizon, and yep. uh, <laughs> I was just gonna I'm say on board. that. <laughs> That's funny. That's exactly what I was gonna say when you finished talking, uh, Mitch. What do you think of Returnal? Uh, I like the movie uh, um, Live Die Repeat by with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think wasn't that called something else when it was in the theater, and then they changed it? To I mean, it's I still repeat. called Edge of Tomorrow. It's called but Edge of like, Tomorrow, but, but they they stuck "Live Die Repeat" was sort of a, a tagline that they made really, really, really prominent on the home video releases to try to like get, like get across to people like what it was about. Um, because Edge of Tomorrow is a really generic title that tells you nothing. <laughs> yeah, so sure. I like I like the uh, I like the the thought and the story plot of doing that, and then matching it with. Like the aesthetic looks completely different. They showed one shot of her walking up a staircase, and it looks one way. But then looking up the same staircase is just slightly different colors, um, vegetation's grown in certain areas. So I think there's elements there that can make it fresh and and make it interesting. And I agree with Matt having an int- trying to approach it from an older woman's perspective would be interesting because that never happens. Scientike is saying the main character is Brienne from of Tarth from Game of Thrones. <laughs> it does sound like her. I could see that. Yeah, I can too. Uh, okay, next up, the return of Sackboy. Not the way that we thought. It's not a new little big planet game. It is a 3D platformer, although I use 3D loosely. It's almost like one of those hybrid ones like Super Mario 3D World for Wii U. Um, but We'll just say 3D platformer for the sake of discussion at this point. Starring Sackboy, uh, you can play with three other characters at once, so four people can play the game together. The one thing I have not quite figured out yet is if there is any sort of building elements in the game, or if it's just all pre-built and you just play it. 
I've I looked around on the internet. I could not find any information on it. What do you guys? My, think? my impression on it is that it's pre-built. I think this is just a platformer starring Sackboy. Same. Yeah, I think so. That as was well. my first impression of it, but then I started thinking about it. I'm like, how? Well, it's not called LBP, so maybe that's why they, you know, they they can get away with not mm-hmm. including the most important element of Little Big Planet. Really, I would argue that with uh, dreams in in the mix, uh, Little Big Planet doesn't need to be a thing anymore. I don't think it. Do you think we'll ever see another Little Big Planet? I don't think we should see this, frankly. I don't know. I mean, I, I Little Big Planet is not going to be a thing. Uh, Sony can stop trying to make fetch happen on this one. Yeah, um, I, this was probably my least interesting game in the presentation. In all honesty, it's as up far there. As, as far Actually, as my interest level, it was probably the lowest. The next one is the lowest for me. Okay, but like uh, <laughs> actually, you're right. This is That's right a, there. That is a coin flip. <laughs> you're right. The next one, it's it's a tough call. Um, but look, you know, they need games for kids on PlayStation 5 as well. Yeah. Um, and so I understand also, I, why they're doing I also it. would say that with Astrobot in the mix in this presentation, like just completely redundant. Like, yep. like yeah. why, why would I want to play this when Astrobot is in, is in play? It's being developed by Sumo Digital. Sumo Digital. They do good their, stuff. They yeah. get their game on, man. They're, they're kind of turning into like, don't nod. You're like, how do they get all this stuff done? Like, it's yeah. pretty impressive. Well, they're also like, I mean, they're also like a go-to, like if you need like a racing or driving segment section yeah. in a game that is not otherwise using vehicles, like they will just do, you know, they They'll did all the driving. right and, like, in there for you. Yeah. Did all the driving and stuff in Disney Infinity and all that. Like, they're yep. really good at that. Yep. Uh, the other thing too is that Sumo Digital actually developed Little Big Planet Three, so they obviously have worked with the IP before. They're familiar with the characters and the universe and the lore and all that kind of stuff. So they should do a good job on it. Just it's just not all that interesting. Yeah. I mean, I would be not super against the idea of like a Sackboy game with like you can make it into like a, a decent, like tightly controlling platform. But I still see the floaty weirdness of Little Big Planet in the footage for this game, and I just. I yeah. just don't <laughs> want to stay the hell away from it. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't care. I agree. Okay, next up, Matt already hinted that this one's a bit of a, a disappointment. Uh, next up is Destruction All-Stars, a destruction derby game with like a cross with like a hero shooter. It's like, it's a destruction derby game with over the top bombastic characters, like every game these days. Um, and they're going to want, they're going to try to sell you cosmetics and skins and all that crap. Um, when I first saw it, I was like, I wonder if this is like an homage to Destruction Derby that launched with the first PlayStation. If they're like, because it is not that the game itself exists, but the fact that they showed it in this presentation. This trailer came on, and as I've been watching it, I'm like, why? Why is this here? Why is this B level? This was the part of this presser that reminded me of Microsoft's presser. I was like, yeah, it's. I don't know, B level might even be kind yeah. to this. Like to me, I was I was looking, I was like, well, I guess it's nice to see what I'll get on PS plus in like a year and a half and never look at <laughs> for the rest of my life. Like it yeah. was it's just wow. Like you could not have shown me something less interesting if you and, or less good looking. It doesn't make you No, it looks like, awful. A lot of times when you put a game like this in there, you're like, Oh, well, this is one of those games that may not be that great, but it looks great. This game doesn't check either box, so I'm, I don't understand no, why. This looks was, like a mediocre PS4 title. Yeah. Like, it may have been a favor to somebody to get this in there. Again, maybe it's whoever's making this is working on something else that Sony wants later on down the road. So they did them a solid yeah. here. Like, maybe there's some tech in this thing in terms of how the matches play out that couldn't That's be true. done without the the load, the fast loading or something. Or the, you know, That's might possible. be throwing crazy particles around or something. But like, I didn't see it. 
in, in this. So. <laughs> I didn't see anything in this that made me say this should be in this press conference. So anyway, maybe they're just filling out the roster to make it seem like they even have bad games. I don't know. What's the uh, what's the soccer car game? I keep forgetting the name of it up top of my head. Rocket League. Rocket League. I feel like this is their answer to Rocket League because Rocket League kind of helped PlayStation 4 in regards to getting people online. And I'm thinking they're thinking, oh, this could be Rocket League for us for PS5. I did get a little Rocket League vibe from it, like a couple places. But it's also kind of like, do we really think Rocket League's not going to come to PS5? Right, like, I mean, exactly. Yeah, it's, we'll see. But yeah, it's, everything's just splintered so thin now at this point. Everyone's working so hard to try to find a new idea or a new angle on everything that, you know, everything's just just a shade of something else at yeah. this point. Like watch it, and this tra- this trailer went on for a while. It was way too and long. Like, yeah. I found myself thinking about like, what's it like to work on a game like this? Like, what's it like if you if you're like savvy and you know kind of like the market and how things work and how like how games are and and that kind of thing? What's it like to work on? I mean, obviously you're happy to have a job and getting paid yeah. and like you get it, but it's like, what's it like to work on this thing that you know is not going to matter? Yep. Like is never I mean, there's gonna... a lot of developers that are that are living that life. But I, I'm yeah. guessing they still would say it's better than working a normal nine to five. I would guess. Maybe, or at least it's better not working is what it yeah, really. Or that. But like, it's just it just so it looks so generic and so bleh. Yeah. Like, like it must be hard to kind of like get like I don't know some motivation every morning to like put your best <laughs> your best animation foot forward for like generic extreme character number five on well at thing. least now you just have to crawl out of bed to your computer chair <laughs> you yeah i guess that's, that's deal with like a commute or any of that yeah. other crap anymore. if you have the right setup you could stay in bed depressed over it and work on it at the same time <laughs> that's true uh next up goodbye volcano high now you skipped one. No, you oh one. i did oh you're right and i skipped it's one that one i really, really like in fact next up kenna bridge of spirits uh, this to me was one of the what I guess is a lower budget game that really impressed me. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a nice antidote after Destruction All Stars. Yes, it like, was a it nice. Was like, oh, thank cleanser. God! This looks <laughs> this looks next gen. Like, yeah, this game looks hot, man. And then I did follow up on some of the comments from the developers of this game after it was over, and what they overwhelmingly said is, the trailer does not accurately portray how dark our game is. Um, so I don't know if there was some kind of a debate over the debut trailer and maybe Sony wanted it to look a little sunnier than the actual game is. It seemed like there was something going on under the surface there where the developers were like, this doesn't exactly accurately represent our game, um, which I don't know whether to be happy or sad about that because I really like this game based upon what was shown here. It looks yeah, yeah, I got a awesome. really nice kind of like Pikmin meets Fable like yeah. vibe off it that I, I I dug a lot. Yeah, there's like some kind of crazy like Pikmin like character or like creature raising controlling mm-hmm. mechanic. Yeah. That's and they on. said specifically on it that they originally was making this for PlayStation Four, but found that. Because of PlayStation 5, they can now do one-to-one with all with every single creature on screen. And so if they had to make a PS4 version, they would have to make sacrifices in those areas. And so they felt like they needed to do that. Well, the funny thing is, it is still coming to PS4. So it's yep. coming to PS4, PS5, and PC. And it's coming this fall. So it's coming as a pseudo-launch game for PS5, which is really cool. Um, this game looks awesome. Like I was saying earlier about how everyone's splitting hairs and everything's so thinly splintered. This game managed to find its own niche. Mm-hmm. Not easy to do in 2020. So I'm pretty impressed with it. It looks great technically. 
I like the concepts behind it. Um, you know, the Pikmin thing isn't overdone yet. <laughs> it's getting there. Like, you know, there's a there's a, been a few games. Uh, Wrath of the White Witch had kind of Pikmin stuff in it, and yeah. the sequel had Pikmin stuff in it, but it's not completely overused and abused yet. So I'm still excited about this. I like the concepts. I like the fact that it does have Pikmin-like features because we're never going to get another Pikmin again, apparently. Um, so I'm cool with this game. I am down with it. And it sounds like you guys are too. Uh, now we're going to talk about Goodbye Volcano High. I think I got excited about talking about this game because I feel like this is going to be one of those games that is shown in this event. No one cares about. It's forgotten about. Then it comes out and it's like one of those games we're talking about for like indie game of the year. Uh, it's a narrative-driven adventure game. Um, I've been calling it uh, Dino Reasons Why because it's it's like adult topics set in a high school, which is a lot of what like 13 Reasons Why is, which is that popular show on Netflix. Although the new, the new season of that is abysmal, I would add. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched it. Well, but it's wow. the last season, so you're, you're good. Yeah, well, it deserves to be the last season. I don't know if I'm going to even make it through it. And I watched the first three seasons, no problem. So, But anyway, it gives me a very similar vibe. They're teenagers, preteens who are dealing with adult situations, except in this case, they're dinosaurs. So uh, this game caught my eye for sure. Um, but I think it's one of those things that's going to fade into the background and then we won't realize or remember it uh, until it's about ready to come out and people are starting to review it. And they're like, wow, this is actually good. Um, it gives me like a night in the woods type vibe, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think it is more of a visual novel. Um, I don't think you're like moving around like a night in the woods. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure the end is just going to be the asteroid hitting. <laughs> like, <laughs> Probably. They do hint, there's a, there's a little uh -huh. hint of an asteroid near the end of the trailer. Um, uh -huh. It's fun. I, I, there's something about the art that I wish was a little more solid. Like it just felt, weird. A, it feels it's a little sketchy. Yep. You know, like it may be intentional, maybe. but if it is, that doesn't mean I have to like it. But it's hard. You know, I, I, I bought the um, that itch.io bundle, the racial justice bundle that has like fifteen hundred games in it, uh -huh. um, and went through. I kind of pull out like a hundred good ones or whatever because they're not. A, and there's a lot of them where it's like you know they've got. It reminds, this it's, this isn't that bad, but there's like you see those indie games that are like trying to do like the anime style, and it's like drawn <laughs> by someone who like kind of knows what they're trying to replicate but they don't know how to shade anything and it's just like mm. a lot of games on steam like, is what you're talking yeah, about happens a lot one dude um, in a bedroom working on something for and i just years. i just sort of part of me just sort of like it looks like 80 percent good but i wish they i hope they do another pass or two on some of the visuals on this mitch um, do you like a narrative driven games yeah usually one of the key elements for me in a game is narrative like i think that's always usually sometimes the driving force for me to get through a game so I, I do, this one was kind of meh for me. You know, I'm, I, I, I'm kind of done with high school, so <laughs> don't really want to go back. So uh, I'm kind of just waiting to see what it is, but I, it wasn't as interesting as I, uh, as I thought it would be. Okay. Uh, next up, Ghostwire Tokyo. This is a Bethesda game that was shown at E3 last year. It's being created by Tango Works, a team behind uh, The Evil Within. Um, this game was actually not being developed by Mikami for a long time. If you remember, when they debuted this show, they had a young woman come out on stage and show mm -hmm. the game off. That young woman left Tango Works um, at the end of 2019. There's no word on why she left or what happened, but she was the lead producer on this game. So 
this game lost its lead developer, and now rumors are saying that Mikami is working on it, which, mm. hey, that's that's fine by me. Um, but there, My guess on that would be because she became such a, uh, a meme phenomenon that someone probably offered her a better job. Yeah, the last thing I read about her was that she was interviewing with Myriad Studios, mm. but... No, she doesn't appear that she's been hired yet. She could have been, and they just didn't put out a press release. But anyway, so this game has undergone a little bit of development turmoil uh, below the hood, under the hood. But it doesn't appear in the trailer, because the trailer, I think, looks pretty freaking awesome. Mm. No? You guys aren't into it. Well, okay. Um, oh, Matt, you can go Go first. ahead, Mitch. Oh, okay. Uh, so, you know, at first, I think visually, like, aesthetic, it looks good. But technically, it looks really bad for, for like a PlayStation 5 game. Like the first shot of the drawback of the city looks really uh, no detail. It's okay. Let me preface this by saying that I did not look at this game as if it was a PlayStation 5 game at all, which is probably a mistake on my part. Um, I always looked at it like this is a last gen game because I knew it was originally announced for last gen. So but I guess in that regard, you're right. Like, so. like I, yeah, no, you're right. I should have looked at it that way. I didn't though. I yeah. looked at it like that's a good looking PS4 game. So I can, I can mm-hmm. understand where you guys would say that. Yeah. So is that, and then I think it was just, I never, I didn't think it was going to go first person. Like that was just a, a big surprise. And for something that does combat, uh, it, it, I don't know if it's going to work for me. Like, I, I don't know. But I, I, it is cool. Like, it looks cool. Like, the, the elements are there. And it can convince me. But at the first showing, I was really shocked on how bad it looked. Mm-hmm. It's also, like, I know it's probably coincidental because the movie is fairly recent. But, like, it felt real derivative of a horror movie called Nine. I know that maybe. Uh, um, I mean, I think uh, all Mikami's work is derivative. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's let's be true. honest. Uh, but it's like, but it's like a lot of times his stuff is derivative of like a genre. That's this true. feels derivative of a specific film, film. which is a little yeah. weird. Um, and if you haven't seen Nine, uh, go see it. It's good. It it's is like, good. You yeah. know, if you, if you like that trailer, certainly you should go watch Nine. Yeah. Um, my thing is like, and I didn't dislike the Evil Within games. It's just like. I feel like Mikami's like, kind of hit a plateau and it's not going to get any better. Um, and He seems I, to have run out of ideas. I yeah, think, and like I, I, I couldn't get a huge sense of how it, how it, this is going to play or whatever, but like, I don't know. It just like another, I, I like the urban setting. I like kind of the idea of all, all these like weird yokai and like... like in like, the city, like, ghosts like, in the city. Yeah, ghosts in the city, like kind of the urban fantasy, urban legend stuff, like combined... Very Japanese kind of, kind of traditional well. Japanese folklore... Um, things like you can see like a bunch of classic Japanese myth monsters sh- sort of showing up, but like, like, I don't know. I have visions of just kind of like persona style talky sequences that last forever. And like, kind of like, you know, walking through empty zones to find a glowing spot that gives you an item and kind of like, you know, I, I just don't have any confidence in this being anything special, I guess beyond, like I would buy the art book. I don't know if I want to buy the game. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I, mean, um, I, I agree. I'd be similar with that. So Vincent just uh, posted in chat that the game is now next-gen exclusive. They're not even going to release it for Gen 8. It's so, a PlayStation 5 timed exclusive. Yeah, that's bad. Interesting. PS5 <laughs> that's really and bad. PC. So PlayStation 5 first, and then it'll come to PC later. Actually, uh, surprisingly, Sony pulled up a bunch of Bethesda stuff and has a couple yeah. timed exclusives that I was surprised by because I thought this was coming to Xbox. 
It was. It was multi-platform initially when it was announced a year ago yeah. or whatever. So they've they've worked out some kind of a deal with PlayStation or and they've worked out a deal with Bethesda to probably smart. Like Bethesda, you know, Bethesda doesn't need another flop. They can't flop. make money back on. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's a couple games from them in this presentation that you're like, mm, mm-hmm. I hope you got a good deal for that because otherwise, <laughs> I don't think this is going to go too well for you. Yep. Uh, up next, a game that when I saw it, the first thing I said to myself was, Matt, this will maybe Matt's favorite game in the presentation, and that is Jet the Far Shore. I am pretty flummoxed on what this game is. It was undoubtedly the strangest trailer of the presentation. But oh, the I don't one agree thing, with that. But the one thing I, well... We haven't yeah. gotten to the strangest, my pick for strangest trailer yet. Okay, there is one other one Yeah. Okay, that I th- we're probably thinking about the same yeah, one, actually. I think, I think <laughs> we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you're right. This was the second strangest trailer. But one thing I did take away from it was exploration in a spaceship. And that is one thing that I know Matthew Kyle loves a lot. So how did? what is your take on this, Matt? Um, actually, hang on. Let me look this. Like, I, I guess, I'm, am I thinking about a different game here? Maybe. Um, this is the one with the weird butler and stuff? Or is that a different thing? Um, I think that's a different game. What's the, what's the one? Is that coming up? Yeah, so uh, this is yeah. the foible, so not being able to see the B-roll. Oh, so this yeah, one, I basically, can't see the B-roll. It's, it's like a very... Uh, it, it doesn't show very much. It just shows you going up into space, starting from the ground. It's, it's like monochromatic. Like, yeah. The whole trailer is like, like gray and seven, brown. Eight, nine, and it doesn't and they show tell these you anything, weird really. like obelisks. And okay, yeah, I just looked it up. Now I see. Yeah, I I am curious. I guess what I would say <laughs> it's really weird. The the characters are strange. Like I I really can't wrap my head around exactly what it was. Like when we created the game. Uh, on Sifted, like I had problems trying to figure out what genres to classify it as and what genres to tag right, it Right, now I remember it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, any space stuff kind of gets my attention, but this is a little drab for my taste. Um, like you, we want to get dystopian. Ex- maybe is a good way. Do I get to my excitement? It. Well, there's no topia, really. Yeah, I it's guess you have to have a, t- a utopia before it can be dystopian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's, weird. I don't. It doesn't explain anything, which is the strangest thing. And it's coming this year, isn't it? It's coming from uh, Super yeah. Brothers, um, which I mean, some people I like have heard their of. stuff, but like, who yeah, knows? they made uh, Sword and Sorcery, um, and there was one other game that they're uh, Sound Shapes, I think it is, yeah, mm-hmm. Sound Shapes for Vita. Uh, they also made that, but they are kind of one of these legendary developers that don't have a ton of output. But yeah, also the first time I saw the tr- the title come up because it's kind of stylized, I thought it said Jeff. Oh. <laughs> Jeff the Far Shore and I'm like okay okay um, Jeff all right so anyway a lot of mystery around this one there's a lot to learn about this game uh, yeah. I mean still. that's kind of their thing anyway like Super Brothers was pretty Sword and Sorcery was was pretty weird when you first saw it you're like what the hell is that like you kind of had to discover it as you played it yep um, Sound Shapes also had some of that to it so I'm sure that's part of it's intentional um, I mean yeah I'll probably try it when it comes out but like it, as you can see, it really didn't stick with me but yep. with all the, other color, all the other colorful stuff that was in this thing. Uh, this PS4, PS5, PC, it's a time exclusive on PS5. So we probably mm. will be getting a lot more information on this game coming up real soon. Uh, next up, Godfall, the first ever PlayStation 5 game ever shown, um, which now in hindsight seems like a really bizarre choice because this yeah. game does not look interesting. This is or the fun game to me at all. 
this is the game that felt like like you'd make a fake game for a kid to play in a movie. Like the, <laughs> like like the idea like watching this footage was like that's not real. That's not a real thing. Like no one would make that. That's yeah. Weird. But I mean, it's got really good buzz from people who have played it. Like you know, Gearbox like you know stuck their neck out to get this thing published specifically because they played it from this like indie developer and thought it was so cool they had to help it get made and finished and and released as a as a major game. So there must be something to it. I just don't see it yet. I mean, it's, it's a launch title. So like the launch lineup might be desperate enough that I might pick it up anyway, just in the hopes that it's something to play on the new hardware I just spent money on. Um, that probably will happen. I bought way stupider launch titles. I, you know, <laughs> we like, all have for sure. Um, but like uh, I still got a couple I've never even played from the 360. But um I don't know. Like, I, it the more I, I learn about this game, the less I care. Yeah, <laughs> That's I guess much so. How I can put it. <laughs> it's also coming to PC, and like the day after this event happened, like they just mad rushed the the internet with this is also coming to PC. They put mm -hmm. out like huge chunks of gameplay from the PC version. They put out a separate trailer for the PC version, like the next day. Like they are. They are very concerned that people think that this game may be a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Well, gee, why would we think that? Right, yeah. So it may not have worked out on Sony's end or on their end as far as kind of it being the first PlayStation 5 game that was ever shown. Uh, but I have... And it just it just reminds me of Too Human way too much. Yeah. It's like, exactly I keep thinking like, about it. It looks exactly like Too Human. The art style, the way the melee, the animation... The, just watching the game, it doesn't feel like you're attached to the character. Just watching it. Um, I may be proven wrong when I play it, but it just does not look particularly interesting to me. It just looks like another Destiny, except instead of shooting crap, you're beating crap mm -hmm. with swords. Where it's just the same enemies over and over again. Oh, I got a new hat. Oh, I got a new hilt for my sword or whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, that is what they described it as, right? A, a looter slasher? Looter slasher or some crap, yeah. yeah. So... I think we know what we're getting there. I'm not that excited for it at all, to be perfectly honest. Uh, next up, Solar Ash. Um, this this game actually has been announced for a while now. It's the next game from the Hyper Light Drifter team. Um, and when it was first announced, it actually had a longer title. It was called like Legend of Solar Ash or some crap like that. Uh, so they shortened it whenever they showed it for PlayStation 5. The other part of it, too, is that now it appears that it is some kind of a console exclusive or something i'm not 100 percent mm. sure it's not coming till 2021 um it also looks quite different from hyper light drifter um although the main know. character looks a little like the hyper light drifter the art style is the same yeah it's the same colors the same everything as far as the aesthetic is concerned it's just kind of the way the game plays and the genre mm. of the game appears to be well different. they are calling it a speech spiritual sequel is what they're using the words as so it ties yeah. in somehow into hyperlight drifter kind of well you can definitely tell it's the same universe and the same race mm. of of beings and things like that so just base level you know it ties in the same way there um story-wise who knows were you a fan of hyperlight drifter matt yeah i liked hyperlight drifter a lot um, so I will play, you know, certainly I would say anything these guys make, I have my eye on just because mm -hmm. of how much I like the, the first the first one. Yep, I think a lot of people feel the same way. They really liked Hyper Light Drifter. And I think just pretty much most people who are willing to play an indie game are going to give this team's games at least a chance. Um, yeah, I, th I think that I think they're in there with like, you know, like Supermassive yep. and um, 
you know, the, the, the indie developers that like make those things, you're like, well, anything they make, I will at least try. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, so it's looking good. Uh, again, you can go on Sifted and there's a bunch of old media from this game that's already been curated from quite a while ago. There's actually a game in this presentation that I noticed yesterday. I curated a piece of content before f- before Sifted even launched. So there was a piece of content for a game in this from April of... 2015. The site didn't launch until June of 2015. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there's some games in this that a lot of people maybe think are brand new, but they're not really brand new. They've been kicking around for a while. Uh, next up, Hitman 3. Now, <laughs> talking about a game where you just know what you're getting, yep. like as soon as you see the trailer, and you real, there's really not a whole lot of intrigue to learn more, and then the trailer doesn't really provide any reason for intrigue other than saying, yeah, this is the trilogy capper, most dangerous uh, missions of his career. Like, that's not going to get it done for me. I feel like Hitman has a pretty big group of fans that are going to buy it no matter what. And then there's a pretty great big group of people like me who are probably going to write it off no matter what. Um, yeah, I mean, I've never, I didn't like Hitman until the last two games. Um, interesting. I've, I've always found the series like obtuse and kind of annoying and just sort of like broken repeating shit over Broken. and over again to do do things Always correctly or whatever. And uh, I think the, the, you know, when they kind of started over after Absolution, you know, they've had Hitman and Hitman 2 now, I really enjoyed those. Um, like, they finally, I think, hit the right balance of, like, letting you play freely how you want, but also guiding you to, like, how you need to do stuff. And then, like, once you get through the kind of initial mission on a, on a level, you can play that level and do all these different optional things and play with how everything works and, like... Yeah. Usually, I think the, the the vanilla mission on a level that, especially in Hitman Two, like teaches you how the level works properly. That like then you're equipped to do all the weird freeform stuff without a lot of help. Like it, it, they do, they finally found the formula for this property after like 25 years of experimenting with it. And it kind of it's kind of amazing to me that that this company is you know IO Interactive is still around, still doing this one franchise. And like even through like being sold and they kept the IP and they found yep. a new public like like they it's an amazing it. yeah. story. Like that would be a pretty good no clip documentary, I think. That's actually um, a good and like I really enjoy Hitman one and two. And I'm you know, I, yeah, you're right. Hitman three probably holds no surprises whatsoever, just more content. But like I'm still on board. Like I'm still yeah. in. Like, well, the, I cool, th- the one thing I, I did like it. about the latest ones are those contracts that they have where they have mm-hmm. someone, they put out a hit on someone. And you have X amount of time to finish that hit. And if mm. you don't, they're gone for good. And whatever yeah. rewards that you would get for that hit, they're also gone for good. So I like how they are incorporating new te- new technology like the internet into their games now. <laughs> um, but they at least are trying. But I think Hitman at this point is a pretty Gives much... Gives you a reason quantity. to come back. Yeah. Um, but even when, when IO can't say anything other than it's the trilogy capper, most challenging mm. missions of his career for their debut trailer... I think that's a pretty safe bet that you pretty much it's a known quantity and you know what you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, it's more Hitman and it's, it's prettier. That's yep. really all it's going to be. Mitch, Which do you like fine. Hitman at all? Are you a stealth guy? I enjoy it, you know, especially these latest ones. I mean, I agree with Matt. It's an amazing story for this franchise to almost be dead. To survive. To survive yeah. and be able to, you know, it's it's probably the most, uh, has most recognition than it's ever had before. And I think it's done a really great job with incorporating the online elements to keeping the core of what the game is. 
And uh, who knows? Maybe they do have more behind the scenes and they just don't want to say anything yet. But if it's just the same game, that's fine. Like new SSD will be able to create new different levels, different ways to interact with the people and a different way to assassinate somebody. So I think they can still evolve the genre in that way. It's just Let's a bizarre see. property. Like there have been two Hitman movies. I know. Like and how me, weird that is that? Is the like least interesting character in all of video games. It's just a white dude with a shaved head and a barcode. Like, but I visually, <laughs> it's it's it stands out. Like that's the point. It it's like Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> just the worldwide like he's 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 weirdly iconic though like if you put that silhouette in front of something you know i know is. what it is i know yeah. who it is i know I it's know. agent 47 i don't even have a freaking name His i name get is it. agent 47 but they made two movies that are unrelated and no one remembers them like and that's bad. more that's double what most video games get movie wise yep. we, like did you? I mean, I just had to look up whether the second movie existed or I imagined it. <laughs> no, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so anyway, that's coming um, to all platforms, including or minus Switch, actually. This one yeah. uh, in January 2021. So it's coming very soon. Uh, it's also coming to like last gen, Gen 8. So you can also get it for PS4 and Xbox One. But it's also coming to PS5, Xbox Series X. Yeah, uh, I feel like they need the, the install base on this yep. one way or the other. Yeah, for sure. Because they have a pretty loyal base, but they're all spread out. Um, yeah. And so you need to make sure you can get it to all of them. Uh, next up, Astro's Playroom. Uh, our little, bu little robot buddy, Astro, who I will admit I have grown fond of over the last five and a half years. Uh, it all started with the PlayStation 4 demo disc that everybody got. Um, and the really cool VR stuff that they did uh, with him and then with the, the demo disc for that. And then they ultimately put out a full VR release. Um, they have done a great job of propagating this random little robot to the point where I actually like it and I care about it. So I was very excited to see Astro's Playroom announced for PlayStation 5. This game is also going to be a pack-in with the PlayStation 5. Everyone's going to get it free. And once again, it serves a very specific purpose like it did last time, which is to teach you the ins and outs of the DualSense controller, the PlayStation 5 hardware, all that kind of stuff. It's just a really cool, fun tutorial to kind of ease you into your brand new system. I'm all over it. Everyone's going to have to be all over it because everyone's going to get it for free. Um, it does look a little more traditional, though, than kind of the other Astro stuff. It looks like it might just be kind of like a, a game. Yeah, it looks uh, like it might just be like a straight up like Super Mario 3D World kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like which I'm kind of fine with. I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> a thousand percent I'm okay with it. Um, it looks great. Uh, technically, it looks good. Uh, it's coming from Japan Studio, which is where all the Astrobot stuff comes from. Um, but I was pretty impressed with it. It looks good. It looks fun. It's going to be free. Everyone's going to get it. Uh, I, I'm still not sure it's going to be like the last one, though, where, it, like you said, like I don't know if it's going to have a bunch of like mini games or if it's just going to be one game that just kind of teaches you all the stuff that the other mini games would have. Because it looks mm -hmm. like there, there weren't like parts of that trailer that showed like goofy four player mini games or anything like that. It was all just kind of that single player thing. At least it appeared anyway. Yeah, I mean, maybe uh, maybe Sackboy is there for the four-player nonsense. It could be. Um, but again, regardless, it's free. Everyone's going to get it, so never look a gift horse in the mouth. That's what I always say. Uh, next up, this is a game I was talking about that has been in development for seven, seven years. It's called Little Devil Inside. I would also argue that this was one of the best games that was shown in this presser. It looked 
you can tell it's been in development for seven freaking years because it it has a lot of little details that we talked about last week. We were talking about The Last of Us Part Two, like things that Naughty Dog does in its games that only it can really do because it gets a little bit more time to work on its games. There's a lot of stuff like that in this. When you really start watching the footage closely, there's all kinds of cool little things in there. Um, but again, this game has been in development for a long, before Sifted launched, this game had been in development for two years already. Uh, so I guess it shows the, the power of perseverance. Uh, it also shows the power of a budget. Apparently these guys have one. They're able to keep working on this for so long. But I think the game looks awesome. I'm really excited for it. It looks like a kind of a generic action-adventure game, but it's all about kind of the art style, the characters, um, and things like that. Matt, what was your takeaway from, from this? I physically hate the art style in this really? game. Really? I, I thought it was really cool looking and different. At it. No, it I despise I can, looking at this game. I can game. see how some people would say that, for sure. Um, I like the it. one I thing I did like game. about it is, to me, I know it's not what it is, but I, I, if I was to play this game, I think I would imagine that this was Batman going out to train in his early days and Alfred just taking <laughs> it home. Like that's yeah. that was the the gags with like the butler just sort of like killing time back home is like was funny to me but like I hate the art style I just hate I it. like it I really um, like, and I like I really like the stuff that was back like with the butler like it's it feels like it's been taken mm -hmm. from something though Which it reminds it did remind me of something but I can't, I can't I, put you're my right I can't on place it, it like the gag seems like it's from something but I can't remember what it is in the art style like of that guy in particular it looks like a cartoon that I've seen or something I just I can't put mm -hmm. my finger on it I can't remember. Um, but it is a, it is a very unique looking game, and I can totally understand where it would be very polarizing. And some people would be like, "That's one of the ugliest things I've ever seen," and there will be other people like me who will say, "That's one of the most refreshing things that I've seen." Mm. Um, no, I, mean, I don't think I don't think it looks bad from like an execution level. I just don't like the art style. The style. It's a little yeah. bit like um, what's that Japanese show from decades ago, Wonder Boy or whatever. What's it called? Astro Boy. Astro Boy. Yeah, the art style reminds me a little bit of Astro Boy. Mm, like I the eyes, the way they're it. big and they're open, and the eyelashes are like very accentuated. Astro nah. Boy's a little more smooth, not choppy. Not yeah, it's, it's the it's the angular aspect of this that I don't like. It reminds oh. me of um, like it reminds me of like just sort of generic indie stuff. It, like, it made me think of like Sir, you are being hunted, and like kind of like the. The sort of the the low detail but like high animation stuff. I don't know. It just doesn't 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 track very well to my eye. Um, I really like it. Uh, in fact, I had a really hard time picking the banner image for the game page because we we literally created the page for this game before Sifted even launched, and it had this old like raggedy like stretched out over compressed like image. And I we got a bunch of screenshots from this, and I literally had like three of them, and I sat there for five minutes trying to choose which one. Um, because there are just, there are some, if you take stills of this game, it's freaking awesome, man. Like there's some really cool stuff going on inside this game. I can get why some people may not like it, but if you really pay attention to it and watch it, you can see that this game has been in development for a really, really long time. Um, and when I'm, I said Astro Boy, I meant the eyes and I'm looking at it right now and they're like identical to Astro Boy's eyes. So I... I don't understand why you don't see the comparison, but anyway. Well, because Astro Boy's eyes are are basically the proto anime eye, and I don't see anime in this. I see. Watch it uh, again. Like his eyes get huge. Like it's, well, yeah, but it's not it's not the same way they highlight. I I got I see. Like I'm looking at the character right now, and like I can't 
place what it reminds me of. It's I can't not, either. It's not that. It's Go to not the game Astro page Boy. And there's like a Cheshire. He does have Astro. He does thing. have Astro Boy's hair a little bit, but the eyes remind me of something. Actually, you know what the eyes remind me of? The remind me of the old Rankin Bass stop motion things. What about like, Speed Racer? No, I don't see any anime here. I, I, I do. I, I don't totally see do. that. I, anyway, I see, but I do think it reminds me of like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer's like that stop motion look. Um, the other thing too is that unfortunately for the team behind this game, like the next day, somebody discovered that there were like racist symbolism, racist symbols or racism symbolism no, in it, the masks. They say they they thought that they were not traditionally um, the kind that they were characteristic of a tribe in Africa. And they responded by saying, we did the research. These are based off traditional masks that are actually used by tribes that this is not any form of racism in any capacity. So they, but they apologized and they're going to change them and they're going to change them. Well, they're going to, yeah, they're going to change them. Yeah. Yeah, That's the story on sifted little devil inside devs apologize for racist enemy design and we'll change them. That's the headline. Yeah. I mean, the accuracy of the mass doesn't matter when you're using them to like be like some kind of weirdo, like savagery, ooga booga cannon fodder enemy. Like that's the problem. Not whether the masks are accurate. When I saw that shot in the trailer, I instantly thought, well, that's going to change. Really? See, I didn't know. I had no clue at all. It just went right over my head. I I, I could see the tweets happening already by the time when I saw that. I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, I didn't pick up on that. I didn't know how long it had been in development. The fact that it's been in development seven years makes me wonder how long ago they put those enemies in. That is something you could do like seven years ago and nobody would really complain about it because they didn't think anybody would care. Or they've just um, like been there for so long that you stop even considering them. I think that's probably what happened. (laughs) Probably. I I don't think think it was intentional at all. I think. No, it's just it's just not a it's just not a great look, really. So well, anyway, I'm excited for this game. You guys aren't. That's the way it goes sometimes. I mean, Um, I'm not saying I won't play it necessarily because, like, I I but I couldn't get a huge sense of what it was like. Like, if it had just been the guy running around the areas and like hacking up things and doing the stuff, like I would have. But like the fact that it keeps cutting back to the butler keeps making me wonder if that's a gameplay element or like if you're playing stuff back home on the home front or if like, or if it's like a, or if it's just like, or if it's just like a gag in the trailer, like it could just be like a funny thing in the trailer. Like, I don't know. Like, well, well, if I read it right, apparently the character takes place inside the body of the old man. And mm. so like, that's why they show the, the game sequence takes place of, inside. Yeah. So the then when the they show man. the sequence okay. of him dropping the bomb and him taking a dump, like that's the similarity. Oh, the plop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. So then similar <laughs> I thing laughed to, like, out loud at that. I don't know if you guys did like other things like that. So that that's the point of it. I, and it is a great, it's a great trailer. That's one of the best trailers. I don't think it showed that really well though. And so, so I had to read that, and I don't think yeah, I, definitely, I definitely didn't get that. No, I knew there was some correlation because the old man sitting on the toilet, and there's the plop at the same time that the other guy is doing the Dropping same the thing bomb. in the other world. I knew there was a correlation. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just. I laughed out loud at that scene. Though. That was him. funny. Yeah, I thought it was just humorously juxtaposing like the mundanity of what the old man was doing against like the adventure of what the well the little the title is called. Little Devil Inside. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should have figured up. that out. <laughs> All right. Next up, we're going to talk briefly about NBA 2K1. Um, this is another one of those trailers that literally ended up being like 33 seconds of actual footage from PS5. Um, it, it stars Zion Williamson, who is like the new big thing in the NBA. Uh, was he first overall pick? I think he was, he was to the Pelicans. Yes. Um, so he and then he missed half of his rookie year and then he came on like wildfire. He's like the big thing. So 
he is the subject of the trailer. And really all it's doing is just showing you the engine. Um, the sweat. <laughs> That's what I took away from the sweatiest game like, of the year. <laughs> sweatiest game of the year. And I love that on Sifted, uh, one of the only comments underneath that trailer was just that gif of that dude just sweating like crazy. Because <laughs> that's really the takeaway that I, I took away from this. The rest of it, it looks fine. He's in an empty gym. It does, you know, there's no crowd there. It's just one player in one rim. So I don't want to take too much away from it. I think they were just showing off the character models. And if that's the case, they sweat way too much. And they need to dial it back a little bit. Again, look at the banner image on the game page for that. I intentionally snapped the close-up of his face with the sweat just like pouring <laughs> off of it for comedic effect. But um, I, I think it was smart to show this because I think to a lot of the more casual players out there, NBA 2K is kind of a benchmark for game graphics. Um, one, the game looks generally good. It is kind of on the upper tier of games on each platform. But two, for a lot of people, it's one of the only games that they play. They'll play Grand Theft Auto, they'll play NBA 2K, and they'll play Madden, and that's it. Um, and so for them, I think that's why this was put in there. It's not particularly mind-blowingly impressive. It doesn't show that much, but I think it shows a lot to that more casual audience of, oh, so this is what 2K is going to look like. All right, I got it. Like, I think it's important that it was in there, but for people like us, I think it was just a throwaway. I mean, it's impressive. Like, you know, NBA 2K always has some of the best visuals every year. Yep. And uh, they continually improve every time in a way that Madden just doesn't. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they put uh, out the first tr gameplay trailer for Madden 21 today. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just, you know, I, part of it is like, I don't care about basketball. I, I, you know, of all the major sports, that is probably the least interesting one to me. Um, maybe because I played it when I was growing up and be. I just don't, I wasn't any good at it and I just don't have any care for the nuance of it. Um, but like, I watch stuff like that, like that, this trailer, and I'm just like, man, you remember when like the clothing was part of their character model? Right. Like when like <laughs> not everything was just like yeah. big blocky, th like it's just incredible to watch like, the jersey move independently of his skin and his, it took and, him his a long and his muscles time it's, it's to crazy. get that man. It was a that was a problem that they were trying to solve for a long, long mm -hmm. time. And you and <laughs> you had these kind of half steps where the jerseys just would freak out like on their <laughs> <laughs> they would just go like while they were trying to figure out how to do it. And you're right, they finally got it to a place where it looks natural and it looks real. So um again, like you're gonna see with generation nine, it's not gonna be the same thing across mm -hmm. every game. In one game, you're going to see this that reminds you of Generation 9. In some other game, it's going to be this other element that does it. Um, and that's why Ratchet impressed me so much was because it showed me Gen 9 in so many different ways. And that's why, to me, it stuck out the most. Yeah, but like this game is not relevant to my interest, but I was glad to see it show up just as like yep. sort of a next-gen benchmark, like you said. And it's coming to everything. It's, it actually yeah. is coming to Switch as well. So, uh, next. I won't look like that on a Switch, though. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, next up is, I believe, the game that you're going to say is the weirdest of them all. Yes. It's a game called Bug Snacks from. It's from the team that did Octodad. I still can't understand why Octodad was so huge. Can one of you guys explain it to me, why it was such a big game, other than it was given out for free a lot of times? Sometimes it's just the right kind of weird. Like, yeah, I think I that's all it is. Okay. I was going to say something similar. It's, I, think it's, I think it's funny. And, and the comedy, the type of humor they go for is similar to Bug Snacks, and it's my kind of humor. Mm -hmm. So it works for me. Um, yeah, it skews younger, and also, like, I think Octodad had the advantage of, like, part of the, it's sort of like Quop 
or like some of those old like weird super challenging web games where like part of the point is how hard it is to control and that made it for good streaming fodder like it was fun to watch someone struggle to play the game properly and like that was part of where the the entertainment came from was how like weird and and chaotic it could get um so i think that's the main reason and also like it's just you know it's the premise is funny like it was just sort of a perfect it's like how for a while back like um, that dating game with the pigeons became a big oh, deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like it's just the right yeah. combination of weird right at, at the, the right, right time. time. Yeah, Tiny Two yeah, K, thank you for all those subs, man. You're or awesome. Or the goose, you know, the goose game, Untitled Goose yeah. Game. I think is yeah. a similar phenomenon. This one, you go to some island where all the creatures are edible, mm-hmm. <laughs> and thus bug snacks. Although very few of them are actually bugs taxonomically, yeah. and most of them are not made of things I would consider snacks. I know. Yeah, it's a what's a that weird about? Game. They didn't really explain what the objective of the game is. At least I wasn't able to uncover it. Like, what do you? What's the objective? I, it looks like you just eat the bugs and, and you sprout they, limbs. You morph into different things, ate. and then I guess you kind of like build stuff out of it. I, I don't is know. Is it kind of like a Roblox type thing for kids? It looks like sort of a Roblox around with it. It's like Roblox meets Viva Pinata or something. Yeah. Like I don't, I couldn't it's really so get a handle weird. on it. And the the theme song is I appreciate the 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 ambition of recording a theme song, but oh wow, like I never need to hear that again. Nope. Oh, I was digging it. That was my. I was like jamming. That I love. I I it works in so many ways for me that I, mean, I have no game, interest. It's meant for me. I have like, my interest for my youngins. Yeah, there's it's, my it's interest in this game. Youngins, like it's zero. Just, no, I, I think Matt's saying like youngins like five to eight, not youngins like mid twenties, Mitch. Uh, no, I, I, no, I, I mean so. I was referring to Mitch when I said oh, youngins. Oh really? Oh yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, come on. You are you call me young all the time. Like now you're not putting me in that cat. Are, are you a young category? I, Mitch, are you are you young? Are you young and millennial or are you Gen Z? Uh, millennial. I'm He's just millennial. at millennial. the end of millennial. Because yeah. I did notice the Gen Z starting to hit back at you guys. Uh, this, oh, this week, of course they are. Social media, like, oh, yeah. like it's always going to happen. What was the, um, the exact yeah. line? Was something about like, like I don't want to be lumped in with millennials because I don't yeah. want to be be part of a group that thinks Harry Potter movies are a personality trait. Exactly. And like, yeah, I love. I just <laughs> just get ready. Like the like the generational war is shifting younger, and it's yep. going to be now. It's your turn. To watch. Well, fortunately for me, you know, like I'm just at the bridge of Gen Z, so like I can relate to both. And yeah, so you can I, just I, you can I, just step up, yeah, step I, like kind of down a little bit, like, have you I, played Bug Snacks, fellow kids? Yeah, kind of exactly. thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but Dude, my cool interest in this I game do, may be Sub Zero. I have I, no interest in playing Bug Snacks at all. But like my step, um, my former, my my um, late stepdad used to say, "You are what you eat," and this game is all that. That's true. So. That's exactly what this game is. You eat something, and then you sprout a limb made out of strawberries, or what? I just and it sounds like Pokemon where they're like strawberry, strawberry. And I'm like, that's yeah. that's great. That's so Abram neat. is saying that it's inspired by Pokemon Snap and um hmm. and Viva Pinata. So that would, that would make right. sense. It that's what it looks like. It, it does make sense. So anyway, we showed it to you guys. I have no interest in it. Maybe some of you do. Uh what platforms is that is that a PS5 exclusive or is that coming to other things? I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. I'll look it up really quick. Um, okay, well, get back to one us thing, on that. One thing's for sure: when that comes out, it looks like it's all Mitch. Yep, <laughs> I will bite <laughs> the bullet for you. <laughs> Mid, Matt and I will just kick our feet up and we'll just ask him questions. Uh, we'll there's him an go. entry for it. Okay, the fourth quarter 2020 for PlayStation Five, PlayStation Four, and PC. It is a. It looks like it's an Epic Game Store exclusive thing. Okay, or at least that's the only place I can find it on PC. All right. 
Uh, next up, something big. Maybe for some people, the biggest thing of the whole press conference, other than the console itself, and that is the remake of Demon Souls. Again, something that we all figured out was going to happen. <laughs> it's like I wasn't sure it was going to happen. I was I was more predicting. I was predicting Bloodborne. I did not give this much of a much of a likelihood of being real because I hadn't heard anything about it from any anyone who wasn't just a fan who wanted it to happen. Who want right? Wishful but, thinking. Uh, here it is. They yep. did. A, it's you know full ground up remake. Like in everything. Blue point. Again, all this was predicted. <laughs> like we even predicted the developer that would do it. Um, it looks way better than the original. <laughs> That's for damn sure. This this is a this remake definitely adds a ton of value to this game in, in a lot of ways. Like Demon's Souls was like this creaky. I mean, it played like it looked, in all honesty. Mm -hmm. It was kind of the, one of those games that you play where you feel like they're just held together with like scotch tape and bailing twine, and yeah, like well, any the, minute it could just all fall apart. Well, there's like, a reason Dark Souls was the place the, the, that the series broke out, and not just yeah. because this was a PS3 exclusive, which limited its potential audience. Um, Dark Souls is just a way better game. Um, yep. And like, you know, Dark Souls nailed the formula. This is kind of a prototype almost. The other thing about um, it too is Demon Souls is pretty short, relatively speaking, compared yeah, to yeah, you can get through it pretty Souls fast games. compared, and yeah. it's also like a hub-based thing, so like mm -hmm. it's not doesn't really have the sort of the interconnected world that sort of defines Dark Souls and the and the subsequent games is, is with all yep. the shortcuts and and kind of that weird, you know, because that's part of the joy of those games is sort of finding those ways that the world kind of folds back in on itself, and uh, this one doesn't have that. You just sort of like. Pick a world, go to it, run through it, and come back, it, come back, um, and it has its own charm in that regard. Yeah. Like there's, you know, there's, this, there's, there's you know, simplicity. I, I mean, to I would it, argue that I'm not a huge fan of that part of Dark Souls because mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what gets me into trouble. I end up wandering in the wrong direction and getting insta killed by something. Like, um, so in some ways, I might actually like this design a little bit more uh, than Dark Souls. I know most people would vehemently disagree with that, but that's just me. I wonder, though, a curiosity if they will be for this one, um, because Bluepoint did such a, a great job with, like, one-for-one one remastering Shadow of the Colossus, will they embellish a little bit on this one to maybe expand a little bit on it, maybe make a new area, a new enemy? Like, I'm curious if that will happen in this one or if they're just going to go for the one-for-one one remake. Well, I will say this. We don't know for sure, but... That trailer was basically a one-to-one -one shot for shot remake of a Demon Souls trailer. Yeah, I don't I don't see them going outside the lines on this. I think trying to if you're not from software, I think adding something would be seen as sacrilege. Yeah, they put I'm out a trailer sure for the original that was almost identical to this one. And yeah, I'm so, pretty sure this is just gonna be a one-to-one -one remake. And consequently, there's a comparison video on Sifted right now that shows that how it is the one for one with the mm -hmm. old one. And in my gosh, <laughs> it may be the most dramatic like change for a remake ever. Uh, looking and at that, I still maintain there will be a Bloodborne update. Yeah, but uh, we we'll probably see that they They're didn't not really let it just die. They didn't address backwards compatible like stuff in this so in this presentation. So they did. I imagine we'll see something like that in the future. Yep. Uh, just so you know, Shane, JM uh, Rain ninety nine gave five subs. I I mentioned that already, actually. Oh, I thought you did tiny two K only. Sorry. Oh, you're right. Maybe I did. Okay, yeah. Thank you, JM Rain. You rocketh. Uh, next up, maybe the game that impressed me the most, based upon my preconceived notions, Deathloop. It is another Bethesda game. It's coming from Arcane, but it's coming from Arcane Lion, which Arcane is Leon. Leon, right? Yeah, I did mispronounce that. Um. France. 
Yeah. So this isn't arcane A team. It's arcane B team. But looking at this game, I think it screams arcane B team because it looks like an arcane game, but not. And in good ways, I believe. I think this game looks awesome. And it was announced at E3 last year, and I had completely forgotten that it even existed. When I first saw them flash up the logo of this, I was like, Deathloop, that sounds familiar. But I did not remember at all that it had been announced at Bethesda's press conference at E3 2019 until we went to add the trailer to the site and I saw all the stuff that was on there for it already. I had completely forgotten about it. And maybe that doesn't bode well for the concept of the game that it completely um, slipped my mind. I definitely I remembered it. it. Awesome. But like, it's... I don't think I learned much more from this trailer than I already knew from last E3. Well, they're showing gameplay. Yeah. Uh, the last just, E3, they didn't show hardly any. So yeah, it, was more of a, it was more of a aesthetic trailer last thing, time yeah. sort of thing. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of over the first-person shooter thing in general. Um, none of this really looked interesting to play to me, but, but I would I would like, like to watch... Dishonored than like a traditional first-person shooter. I would like to watch a, a movie about this like more a than longer I'd clip play, like, rather play where you, this. Yeah, where you can see the loop and stuff like that. No, I mean like a movie. Like take the concept and make a movie oh, out of it. Oh, make a movie out of it. Well, like, I'll I tell you what. I, I don't care about playing this game very much, I don't think. So the guy who gave me my start in this industry when I got my job at GameSpot fresh out of college way, way back when was Joe Fielder. He was the EIC of yeah, GameSpot at the time. Great dude. Um, I owe him my whole career to him, and I still thank him for it. Like 20-some years later, I still thank him for it. And he wrote this game. So, um, yeah, I didn't know it either. He had been working on it all along, and when this trailer was released, he finally shared that I wrote this. Um, and he was very, very excited to see responses like yours because you're not the only one who has that opinion of this game, of this world's awesome, these characters are awesome, the writing is great, there, there needs to be something more from this IP that stretches beyond interactive entertainment. Um, it's a striking yeah, I, game. Yeah, because I look at this and watch all you know this, and I remember the trailer from last, and like. I'm interested in the characters. I'm interested in the premise. I'm interested in the concept, but like, I don't think I want to play it. Like, yeah, so the basic I, I, maybe I'll is, watch someone play it. And even after this, I'm still not a thousand percent sure on the premise. What I got out of it was that there are eight assassins that you're trying to hunt down, and that's mm -hmm. like it. That's all I could get. And from. there's some kind of there's some kind of time loop thing where like again, this is the, the other girl can redo stuff. Yeah, yeah, like. It, it just and well, also like I mean, part of me might just be getting kind of like despairing about Bethesda's situation here, but like it just feels like looking at it, I'm just like, oh, here's another like solid it's not game. Be a hit. Yeah. But then there's another solid game that's just going to be inexplicably ignored by the market, made and probably by, by Bethesda's marketing. They won't market it the way that they need to. Um, but I am excited for this game. I think it looks great. I think it looks better now than it did when I saw it back at E3, obviously, because I didn't even remember it. Um, <laughs> you guys are so. missing a, miss, a big element, though, of this game is that there are two players. One player mm -hmm. is meant to stop the assassin from assassinating the eight people, and yeah, one, is attempting to, one is attempting to assassinate the assassin. So um, I'm similar with Matt. I, I don't... You know, this trailer didn't do much for me, to be honest. Like, the first one didn't do much to start, and I'd rather just... I just want to see how this works all together with the elements of the second person because it, with that second person, it can either ruin the experience or make the experience better. And you can either do it online or they'll have a, um, a computer player control the second person. And so I, I, don't, I, I want to see that first. I, just I thought the know. combo gameplay looked awesome. 
Um, I don't know how, how much you've watched it or how many times you've watched it, but well, I thought I, the parts that actually showed the combat looked freaking awesome because it was combining more traditional shooting elements with some of the crazier stuff from thing from games like Prey and Dishonored. I, sure, I but know. when you add a second person to that element of stopping you, I'm curious on how how flashy you really can be mm -hmm. like because you can't like just I, you can't just go out in the crowd and start doing all those moves if someone's in the corner trying to assassinate you like to stop you from assassinating these guys so it, i i i don't know i just have to see how it works all together it needed one of those fake ubisoft gameplay demos yes where they like, have the exactly. fake commentary and they have like the one person talking that's the trying to kill the assassins and the other guy who's trying to stop him like they needed that for this game for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a I agree. Weird I agree with show. Mitch that like the the like I got that there's two people players working against each other in this, and it's just like that's sort of the the catch to me is like that could get irritating real fast. Like, yeah. and like that's why I say I'd rather just watch someone else play it. Is sort the other of like, problem with asymmetrical games is they often struggle to get all the roles right so that they're fun mm -hmm. to play. So like Resident Evil Resistance. Um, after I had kind of finished playing the campaign and played through as just like, I started playing like the ringmaster to see what it was like, to see if it was actually fun. And it was a freaking nightmare. It was, there was hmm. no, there was nothing fun about it. It was all broken and weird. And I think that's a problem. A lot of asymmetrical games have is there always ends up being one role that just isn't as fun as the other ones. Um, and maybe this is a game that can fix that, but I agree. If this is an asymmetrical game, they should have shown how that works. This is a year later. Uh, last E3 was your chance to show some fancy lore world building thing. This is the year where we're supposed to figure out what the game actually is. And watching that trailer, you have no idea that it was an asymmetrical multiplayer game. Like you just wouldn't. So, I mean, I think I knew that because it was mentioned last year right. as being that. Uh, and so I just kind of extrapolated, like, oh, I guess these are two people working against each other. Um, I mean, we might find it out at the Game Awards. Who knows? You know, like, yeah. like, I don't know if this is this supposed to be this year or not, um, or if it is supposed to be this year, whether it even make this year. I think this um, is another PlayStation exclusive, timed exclusive for mm -hmm. 2021, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. I can look it up really quick. Yeah, I'm not sure either, honestly. I wrote all this stuff. Or I added these notes for most games. I think at the end, I just... Stop paying attention. I forgot to add it for the last you few games for some this reason. One. <laughs> I did. I liked a lot of the games in this presentation. Uh, next up, a game that we cannot show you. <laughs> in fact, we can't show you the next two games because they are Capcom games. And Capcom has decided to copyright protect the trailer for Resident Evil Village. I, I, I just, at this point, I don't know if you guys have watched Sifted HQ today's episode but i finally let loose on youtube after literally years of stuffing it i finally just couldn't take it anymore and it's Shane not even just, unleashed it's not even just youtube's fault this is capcom too capcom protected the trailer for resident evil village and one other game mm. that we're going to talk about in a second that is one of the most short-sighted I just, I can't comprehend it. Anyway. Well, this stuff is like out of control. Like, I don't know if you saw a couple weeks ago when uh, when they when Sony put up the Last of Us tra 2 trailer and it immediately, almost immediately got taken down by a copyright strike from Sony. Like from they, Sony itself. Like they yeah, took their own, own trailer down. Strike. Yeah, that's how <laughs> crazy it is, right? It's just bonkers. So anyway, if you want to see me really lose it over YouTube, go watch Sifted HQ. It's on the site right now. 
Um, but anyway, we're not allowed to show you the new Resident Evil on Game Face. And we probably won't ever be able to because they'll keep copyright protecting everything until we are able to capture our own gameplay of it. We're never going to be able to show it to you on Game Face, unfortunately. So what I've set up is a pantomime session. We have someone very special back in the studio who's going to do charades with Mitch. Mitch, are you ready? Sure. <laughs> I'm, what? I'm so confused. What's going on? <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. Oh. Um, we can't show you any of it. We're going to talk about it briefly. I, what I would just say is that the game appears to be an homage to Resident Evil 4, at least trying mm. to conjure up those similar feelings that Resident Evil 4 did. Would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, somewhat. It's also just sort of very torturedly trying to work the Roman numeral 8 into the subtitle. Yeah, so I, <laughs> like, here's another thing I don't get. Is it really called Resident Evil Village, or is it Resident Evil 8? No, like, it is Resident Evil Village. They have said 8 is not said but in it the shows title, the eight but it's, but in the in the logo there's yeah. an eight so they specifically say that the eight is not said but it is the eighth game in the series because the nomen numeral contains within the word village that so is there's never going to be a, Resi a resident evil eight then correct this so is, this is resident evil eight this is resident evil eight but it's called resident evil village not resident evil eight village like biohazard it's, again like really year. stupid again yeah i don't know why they, <laughs> what is going on with they did it last year and called it seven and called yeah. it biohazard i don't know why they can't just call this resident evil eight village makes uh, no i don't sense get it me. either I, I don't get it either they should call it resident evil eight i will tell you it will sell more copies if it's called resident evil eight instead of resident evil village but well, anyway, people are not going to trust a resident evil that doesn't have a number on it so I mean, you just typically when you have a number, that's your mainline entry. If someone's going to buy Resident Evil, they're going to buy the one with the number, not the one with the subtitle. So, well, I'm sure they'll do the thing where they've got like the you know the V I V I L in a different color, LV, different and, color, like yeah. it is in the in the trailer, and it'll yeah. it'll stand out like an eight, and people will see that. If you know, because the only people you need to get that across to are the people that don't follow anything and just see it in a store, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like. I, I mean, I knew that this is, this is the direction they were going with it in terms of like, you know, basically Resident Evil 7 again. Um, I'm a little disappointed they're using the same character. Um, Ethan? Yeah, I still haven't played 7, although I almost bought it for like $5.99 in the sale they did like during during last week. But I just, like I said, like, I don't know what it is. Like first person stuff is really just not my, my thing anymore. And like, I didn't find what I played of like whatever demo or whatever of Resident Evil 7 to be particularly compelling um, I'm not a horror game fan to much, much of a degree anyway. So like, I'd much rather wait for some of these Silent Hill takes, uh, than play this. Um, I do like Resident Evil 4 a lot. Um, so like, you know, that is interesting to me, but like, God, I don't care about Ethan. Like I yeah, really I mean, it, don't. The, the RE4 thing is it, it appears to be set in a European, a yeah. fictitious European village out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, a lot of the the characters in the trailer are wearing like the mm. old timey slope caps. There's, there's I mean, to the point that I knew what this was like five yeah. shots in. Like I knew it was Resident Evil. Well, like, I I knew it was Resident Evil when they showed the guy at the gate. That if you watch hmm. the live stream, that's when I say it's Resident Evil. And then like ten seconds mm. later, they actually reveal that it is. And then there's like an umbrella logo at some point, and like yeah, it, I mean the engine gets there. The engine, sh uh, you can see it in the engine. To be honest, like I knew yeah. probably three shots in, I was like, this is Resident Evil just by how the engine looked. Mm -hmm. um, but and no, if you and didn't know after that, you knew when the werewolf went off because yeah. that was reported well before. Um, it's it's been amazing, honestly, how many 
of the leaks from the past 10 months have been on the money. Like almost all of them. Every Almost every leak or rumor that I have looked at and then did as much investigation as I could and decided that it was good enough to bring onto Game Face, almost all of them have ended up being true. And some of them eerily accurate. Uh, all this information about this Resident Evil, by the way, was known like last year. There's a story on Sifted right now on the, the page for Resident Evil Village, if you go back and look, that shares everything. They knew it all like over a year ago. And we I'm sure we talked about it on the show and we were like, it could be true. It, can't. it was right. Like a year ago, they knew what was going on. So um, I'm excited for this. RE4 is my favorite Resident Evil. So uh, anything that even has a hint of that vibe to it, I'm all over it. I liked Resident Evil 7. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and I personally, I know a lot of people will probably disagree with this. I, I'm glad they're getting away from the whole zombies thing. Like I've had enough. Um, it's a little weird that this is almost, it almost seems like this is turning into like trans, like Resident Evil Transylvania because it's hmm. like they've got like a witch and they've got a werewolf. It's like all this left now is like Frankenstein and you have like a 50s like horror movie. So that's a little bit weird, but I'm ready to move on from zombies after playing all these remakes of two and three and having just played Resident Evil literally for 20 plus years. I'm ready for something new. Um, I hope that they execute well and I end up liking this. It is a little weird, though, that it's kind of like this greatest hits of, like, movie monsters thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would also say with it, you know, it's really strange for them to announce a remake of Resident Evil 4 and then reveal this game. Because yeah. I would say they <laughs> yeah. are very similar. you got a village. Yeah. you got a castle. You have royal yeah. people inside that fancy castle. So I don't I'm I don't know. I like I by the time of the end of the trailer I was like, oh, this will probably be a fun game of whatever it is, and then realizing it's Resident Evil, I kind of my my uh enthusiasm about this game kind of dropped a little bit because I was like, I don't know if I want something similar. Like give me something different. I you know, the nice thing about the series is they've always mixed it up. You've gone from uh, a mansion to the city to global to Africa to uh, European area. That's been something that's been consistent in the series. And to just go back to another European village, they they uh, hopefully they have something more to show with it because I not I agree I don't like Ethan either. And can they please please have one Chris? And just stick with that character model because he changes every oh time. He looked even like a he bigger meathead than he was in RE5. Yeah, he looks horrible. He and I'm like, horrible. come on, I, guys. I agree with that like, part seriously, of Seriously, just pick one character mm -hmm. model and stick with it. Like, either he's well, on steroids or he's not. The thing, too, people may not realize not. is Resident Evil 7 looked like it was a departure from the franchise. But if you actually played the game and finished the game you realize that is actually not the case. It actually does take place in the same universe and blah, blah, blah. Well, and also he looked younger. So That's a little I, bit of a spoiler. It, I'm sorry if no one's finished it. but <laughs> Well, also when you saw his face, he looked younger. So you could almost think of like, oh, is this a prequel? But no, it's a sequel. And then now in this one, he looks older again. And I'm like, what? Come on, guys, stick yeah. with it. It is kind of bizarre how often Jill and Chris change facial features yeah, in I don't the understand series. It. It's like they are who they are. Shouldn't they look the same? Like I don't get. I don't know. Like, like early on, I thought it might have been some too. kind of 
Well, early on, I thought it might have been some kind of like reference, you know, because they originally kind of looked like the live action actors. And I thought part of it might be trying to make them look different so they didn't have to run into like royalty or licensing, like appearance licensing issues. But then they keep changing it. So I'm like, you know, Jill looked very different in Resident Evil 5 than she did in 4 or not 4, 3. And then like she looks different in three remake than she did did in five and like I I don't know what they're settling. Chris just I wouldn't even know that was supposed to be Chris Redfield who no showed me that trailer without Never me knowing that. Yeah. without well, knowing I mean, what did. happens in seven. Like both, I, yeah, yeah, both seven and eight. And until he said his name, I'm Chris. I'm like, who is that? Yeah, mm. I had no clue, no idea. I, I think I the like, only he's I, his meathead. I thought yeah. they'd finally <laughs> given Hunk a face <laughs> at first. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think the only thing that, you know, they with this trailer that they've done well with the series is at least they bring it back to science usually in some capacity. So, like, doing werewolves, it works. Like, it could be another virus type that makes you grow fur and have teeth and have claws. Yeah. So, as long as it makes sense with the science, it will make sense in the universe. Yep. Uh, next up, another game we can't show you. Uh, another Capcom game. They also copyright protected this one for some unknown reason. They don't want people to know about their games, apparently. Uh, this game is called Pragmata or Pragmata. I'm not sure which which is the correct way to pronounce it. I think Pragmata it. is probably correct because I think it's a reference to Stigmata. This was also one of the very strange games that was in this press conference. It is like a... I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a... It looked like a Kojima game to me, to be honest with you. It had some Kojima vibes. Like, I don't think we really know anything about how it plays. It's just a cinematic trailer. Yeah, they just... Were they basically actually like a, the, the guy, the, the main character in it reminded me of the, the, the Dead Space armor. Yeah, or the Moon Man from For MTV. Sure. Like, <laughs> I well, know. I thought it was the, the Moon Man from Kojima's company's like, yeah, the company logo. guy. The logo. Mm, yeah. yeah, I thought it was him. Uh, the other yep. thing, though, on this, it reminded me of the Capcom game that never came out when they revealed the PlayStation 4. What was it, like, Deep Down or something like that? Yeah. So yeah. will we ever see this game? No, Deep Down was, like, traditional, like, Dungeons & Dragons fantasy. Right, but we, we it was a game that was announced that never came out. And like, oh, this well. could be a I think similar this one situation. Will. I think this one will, because they already put out, like, an extended version of the trailer. Like, that never happened with Deep Down. Like, it just kind of went away. It's got a uh, long way to go, though. Yeah. 2022. Yeah, it's not coming through until 2022. Oh, um, is this a just so PS5 know, exclusive? Uh, I can't remember. I think so. I think it was labeled. Um, Deathloop is timed for PS5 PC this holiday. Okay. Pragmata is uh, PlayStation, Xbox Series X, and Windows. It's oh, everything. So multi-plat. Is it not timed at least for a PS5? Uh, I might bet it, it probably is. Doesn't say anything. Okay. But who knows? I mean, it's got plenty of time to be that. Another one of those everything but Switch deals. But you guys noticed. <laughs> there is going to be a lot more common here once we flip to Generation 9. Yeah, the one that's thing, sure. though, about this trailer was it really didn't tell. You really couldn't tell that he came out of the inside of the moon when he was looking yeah. at the planet. Like, you had to really look for it. And I felt like you should really show that off because you wouldn't know how he got to the moon. Like, it was just really weird. And wizard came from the moon. <laughs> yeah, I mean the whole the whole thing is weird. The whole trailer is bizarre and and odd. But I like a little bit of that. And uh, yeah, Japan I think that's usually, the point. Yeah, Japan usually sure. supplies that, and they did. So uh, we don't know much about it. Um, we can't show it to you, unfortunately. Um, and I my guess is we probably don't hear much more about it for quite a while because it is still like two and a half years away. So it's time to wrap it up. the The last game. <clears throat> from the software section of the PlayStation 5 blowout, I think a lot of people would argue probably their favorite or their most anticipated Horizon Forbidden West. <clears throat> Not 
Horizon Zero Dawn 2, even though the fact that it is a direct sequel that picks up right after the first game, uh, kind of surprised they didn't call it Horizon 2, going back to that discussion, how we talked about how numbers catch people's eyeballs. Well, there, is a little, the there is a little, a little numeral, in the logo. Roman numeral 2 in the logo. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah. It's like in that bar between Horizon yeah. and the bottom. I noticed that when I first saw it, but they're not calling it Horizon 2 colon uh, the subtitle. It's just Horizon uh, from and West. So They haven't focus tested everything yet. Yeah. You never know. One thing I would say, really long trailer. It's like several minutes long. Uh, most of the trailers, as I said, were like a minute or less. Just kind of gave you an idea of what the game was about. This one really blows it out. And I think probably it's because the games I'm guessing done or near done or was done or near done for PS4. Um, and so they already know what the kind of the crux of the game is and they're just getting it up and running and looking good on PS5 at this point. Um, which game do you think looked better, Matt? Do you think that uh, Horizon looked better than Ratchet? Um, in places, I think Certain it did. Certain scenes. Like, yeah, like underwater, underwater stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, you know, it's just like you said, it's different. Different elements of this are going to show off next gen better than others. Like you're not going to see a thing that exemplifies it all at once. You're going to see little little flashes of like, oh, that's better than than anything we've seen on a current gen system. Mm-hmm. But I think the underwater stuff was that. I think the scope of some of the the areas was was that. I think you could definitely see the improvements to the engine that was made made over the course of Death Stranding's development. Like clearly, that helped a lot. Yeah. Um, the one thing I think was disappointing was, um, you know, obviously you're going to have new you know, reveals of new mechanical monster dinosaur things. Uh, and their big reveal monster here was uh, basically a mechanical mammoth yep. that like walks by and roars, which is cool, but it's just a robo elephant. And like, it's kind of <laughs> like the thing where it's like you, you use the T-Rex already in the yeah. first game. So you had to make do with a mammoth. Well, they. I yeah. mean, there there is another dinosaur. I can't remember the name of it. That actually is bigger, stronger, more powerful than the T Rex. Dan- more dangerous. I can't remember yeah, his name though. There's, there's well, not really. There's the Spinosaurus, um, which was used in Jurassic Park three, which is lo- longer than the T Rex, but it was like a like a more of a probably not a an a vicious hunter. It was a fisherman. Is that the one that um, looks like an alligator a little bit? Um, there is. A, it has, has an alligator jaw and has a spine, a sail on its back. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it also, could the probably hawk was pretty dangerous too. So the hawk did. I mean, I'm sure those are all. You know, I like that. Uh, seems to be indicating it's a three way war now. Um, you know, the the corrupt humans are kind of. You know, you can tell because the corruption's red and Aloy is blue, and the the rival humans are yellow. Yep. <laughs> um, so that so whatever light and it looks like Aloy has like um, companion or team up like allied machines now because um, there were like blue like bird machines kind of flying with her yep. at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, it does take place in California. It's in America. They're coming to America. Well, so was the first one. Was it? Uh, first one takes place in, in like Denver in Colorado. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. They show I, like I all these. never realized that. They show all these like kind of Denver landmarks and stuff and all that. Yeah. It's I don't all in that, that area. For some reason. Yeah. Like those so they're flashbacks. going out west. Yeah. So she's got to go. Got to go to California like everybody does when they're 20s. And uh, <laughs> prime example, <That's> <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, all stormy and fucked up, so yeah, I kinda do like the, under- the underwater like it is now. Cool. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> the underwater stuff is cool. Like I, I did like, uh, you know, they, they, you saw one of the crocodile enemies, like kind of swimming up at the top mm-hmm. of the water while she was down at the bottom. And like that, I thought that looked really neat. All the um, underwater stuff looks stunning. The school, yeah. the schools of fish, like swimming, like all of it, mm-hmm. just boom. It's cool. Um, that, like it's clearly like the you know organic life is coming back to the planet. Yeah. So like there's about yeah, it it felt like I recognized it instantly when you know the first shot. I'm like oh that's it's Horizon. Here we go. But like you can tell they've evolved. They've moved forward lore wise. Like the world does look different. Um, I will say this though. I'm excited it to did. see my home state like done yeah. up in this world. Like it's cool. It did look like in some ways, a really good-looking PS4 game running on a powerful PC. Mm. I mean, I think uh, you're going to need to see this thing in full ray tracing mode in, yep. a, on, in person to really get the, the full impact of it. But it should also be remembered that the original Horizon is uh, one hell of a looker. Like, you know, you, with HDR on, that thing is still gorgeous as hell, especially when the sun's setting or rising. Uh, like running through the desert areas with the sun low, like people that people that have come over. Like I've had people over at my house that have seen that. I mean, obviously before the pandemic world, but like they would see uh, stuff like that from that game, and they're like, "Why are they doing a new PlayStation? Yeah. <laughs> like if they can do this?" And I'm like, "There yeah, were that's a very parts, good question." There are certain parts of that trailer where you could tell that okay, they definitely built this part from scratch, knowing that they mm-hmm. had the new hardware, like the 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 big turtle that comes up out of the dirt, yeah. like. I doubt it looked anything like that when it was a PS4 game. Yeah, it there's a amazing. lot of one of the things I think is definitely the kind of the hallmark of the PS5 stuff and probably Series X once we see some serious stuff from them is is the scope, the scale and the scope. Yeah. Like and Ratchet had that too. Looking into um, the distance and seeing. looking in the distance and also just the size of the crazy future cities that 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 they're in. Like mm-hmm. there's a scale to it that just isn't there in the previous games. Um, and the other thing that I think Horizon, I mean, I don't think we know this yet because we haven't seen any like actual cutscenes really. Uh, they, the main thing that needs to be improved and worked on from the first game is lip sync and facial animation um, because they all kind of look a little robotic. Yeah, in, that was a big, everyone I think had an issue with that for yeah. sure. So I'd like to see them like really nail that, but obviously that wasn't the focus of this trailer. Yep. Uh, Mitch, what's your take on what we saw of uh, Horizon? Uh, I mean, it was everything I was thinking it would be and more, you know, the underwater element, I wasn't expecting them to go that route. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, we'll be curious on how they handle combat with that because it looks like the alligators can move pretty quick and you're a person, so you can't move very fast. And what weapon are you going to use? You don't, you can't shoot But she has boat. that weird scuba thing on too. Well, yeah, to breathe, the rebreather, but, uh, like what will you do for combat in water? Because you can't shoot your bow and arrow, or maybe there's an attachment the of knife. some kind that'll let you, I don't mm-hmm. know, but it's just, or maybe you, know, you, you can't fight in water and it's all about just stealth and avoiding enemies. It, it could, could be. be some of that, but I also think that, um, I think controlling the other machines is going to be a very big focus in this game. So my guess would be that in water, you are reliant on your mm. machine buddies. Yeah, or riding on possible. one to like move around and then you could yeah. shoot them mm-hmm. in that process. Yeah. Um, but what I was- about like a, a mechanical hippo? <laughs> yeah. You can I laugh. Mean, Hippos I, are the most no. dangerous animals on planet Earth. <laughs> no, <laughs> they but, really are. No, but you make a they good point. They kill more humans than any other animal. No, you do. You, you do make a good point of like you know. They're like, badass, I, I didn't dude. expect. I completely forgot you could do a turtle. And when I saw the turtle, I'm like, oh yeah. my god, that's cool. They're going. You know, there's so many more creatures you can do with oh, yeah. aqua life now because Absolutely. in the past game that wasn't really an option. It was mm-hmm. just yep. marshes and swamp. Wait yep. till they reveal the, the mecha megalodon. 
<laughs> or right, or the great white, or whatever. I mean, who knows? Megalodon's way better, the bigger than a great right. white. It's, it's like giant, what, basically four giant times great. the size of a yeah. great white, or whatever. Yeah. So like that would. Be, I guess uh, in this, I mean, it's this a dinosaur setting, so it makes yeah. perfect sense. Doesn't have so. to make any sense. I would also love to see them kind of, and this maybe would be DLC or like late in the game or whatever. Because there's no real limits on what you can build into these things, I'd love to see like one of these rogue AIs maybe start building like fantasy creatures, like dragons yeah. and like unicorns yeah. and like crazy, crazy. Just go crazy with it. Like you know, you don't have to you don't have to stick to real real animals. Like the you know the thunder the thunder jaw is clearly not based on anything real <laughs> in terms of like what was alive when they uh, when the world ended. So yeah, go nuts with it. Yep, for sure. Uh, okay, so to wrap it up. Uh, letter grades for the big PlayStation Five blowout. Matt, you go first. Um, I'm gonna give that an A minus. Like I, I got the, all the main things I wanted. Uh, nothing was a real big disappointment except maybe that destruction thing that is whose name I've already forgotten again. Um, and like it, you know, I we'll see how they spread these things out and whether they can sustain a full launch post launch year of of releases. But I, I would say I liked almost everything in here. And uh, it was definitely a more uh, robust showing than Microsoft has managed so far. And I have a feeling might be more robust than they're going to be able to manage next month. So uh, I think Sony did it pretty good. I mean, and they, we even got to see the console. So yep. all we could have asked for more would have been uh, price and release date. And yep. I'm sure that's coming. The point of this was games, though, and that's fine. Mitch? I'm going with Matt with the A-. minus. I mean, every... You know, a majority, vast majorities of these games, if they were coming out year one, which a lot of these are, if one of them or maybe a couple of them were coming out, it would be a good year for PlayStation. And the fact that a lot of these are coming within 18 months, that's that's really good. And that's really good for the console. And they have a wide variety of types of games. So there's a little bit of something for everybody. And it just stands out. I mean... I'm, mm -hmm. I'm I'm interested to see what Microsoft will be able to answer because this is the bar. Like this is the bar. Can they match it? And that's going to be the most interesting question going into yeah. July. If I was getting one system, I would have definitely leaned over to PS5 because oh, after yeah. this presentation. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess I, I should get. My I mean, just Spider-Man alone. But. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's a system seller. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my letter grade is a flat a not an a minus an a and if it's probably the best console debut i've ever seen i can't think of another one that was better um and i don't want to give an a plus because i want to leave that grade there for the opportunity for someone to top it but dude we just talked about it for two and a half hours and overwhelmingly we, positive I don't think we're going to be able to even get through the rest of the topics in today's show if we want to do a Q&A. So the fact that we just talked about, we did like eight topics in the episode where we talked about like the Xbox debut. Hmm. Uh, the fact that it buoyed an entire episode of Game Face. The proof is in the pudding. I mean, bug snacks, whatever. Like, but look, Mitch bug snacks it. is but Bug snacks is the one most likely to have pudding in it. <laughs> but look, I mean, I don't, I think that's a throwaway. Mitch liked it. I mean, and so I don't think there is anything in this. Maybe Godfall ultimately ended up being the one big throwaway. I don't know. Like, it was just great. And again, it was the first time I saw Generation 9 with my own eyes. Really saw Generation 9. What we're going to be playing for the next five to seven years. Um, I just can't think of any way that Sony could have improved it realistically. Now, you could say, well, what if they showed God of War and like eight other? Oh, of course. Yeah. If they showed 20 first party games, it's going to be better. 
realistically, they showed four of their biggest IP at the reveal event. That's huge. And this event huge. was an hour and a half. It was yeah. not. It was not something very short. I mean, yeah. they didn't the, have time to bring out God of War. That means something. If they don't, I don't have know the time how I don't know do how that. you do it any better. Is my point. Um, so I am going to give it the highest letter grade that I feel like I can give it, and still leave the door open for it to be topped one day. So I'm giving it a flat A. Um, amazing work. Um, I don't like the design of the console all that much, but I don't really care either. So uh, I'm all in. If I had to buy one, just like Matt, is PS5 all the way. Um, I don't know if there's even a way at this point that Microsoft could win Generation 9. I just don't. The only way is if the PS5 ended up being $700 and the Series X ended up being way cheaper. It, Halo better Sony be has good. Too, much, too many built-in fans. There's too much momentum from PlayStation 4. I, I just feel like everything's going to play out almost exactly the same as this generation mm -hmm. we're in right now, um, except for... It's not going to take Microsoft making a huge mistake for Connect for it to not do as well. It's just the way it's going to be. Because yeah, I don't know how you get me excited about Halo after this. No, neither. Like, I don't want to be, like, making up my mind already, but it's like, Microsoft better have... going to have to look damn... Yeah, Microsoft <laughs> better have some stuff that I don't already have an opinion on, I guess. And not in the sense that I have an opinion on what the game that's not out yet, but I have an opinion on because I played, like, six of them already. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's Microsoft just has a very, very tough hill to climb. Um, and look, they needed, they need, and still need PlayStation to drop the ball in some way. They need PlayStation to make a mistake, and the only mistake that's left for PlayStation to make is price. So mm -hmm. if that doesn't happen, that doesn't materialize. It's going to be another distant second for Xbox. Yeah. I feel like this generation. My, Microsoft better pray for 699 US dollars. Exactly. Yeah, that seems to me. And the I don't final think they're going to get it. Yeah. The final thing you could say about it is also Sony has scooped up so many timed exclusives along with their first party exclusives for uh, launch into 2021 that can and Microsoft it looks like they're be, working on Call yeah. of Duty right and now. So can Microsoft be able to have this, yeah. these many games at launch, especially when they just acquired all these studios less than mm -hmm. two years ago? Can they? Like that's do what that? they're going to have to lean hard on those acquired studios, and I just don't think any of those games are going to be ready in time. Yep, I don't either. Okay, we got to stop though because we have four more topics, and I okay. don't see any way that we're going to get through them. We're going to try. Um, I'm going to try as the host. I'm going to try to get us through four topics in 15 minutes. We'll see how that goes. First up, WB Games is for sale. Um, AT&T owns WB Games, is looking to get out of the gaming industry pretty much altogether as far as development is concerned. Rumors are swirling that AT&T is looking for $4 billion. Um, a lot of the issues with the negotiations from what has leaked out so far has been that there's a lot of confusion over how the IPs are handled, whether if you buy WB games, if you're actually getting the license to stuff like Batman or the uh, U.S. publishing rights for games mm -hmm. like Cyberpunk, all that kind of stuff. Which, um, like, with that price tag, yeah, you better. You like, better. Exactly. Like, I mean, Rocksteady is a great company. WB Montreal does solid work. But if you're paying that kind of money, you yeah, you better get them making Batman games. Like, yep. that's... Seems real simple. If you don't get that stuff, don't buy them. There's what's, no, what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? You're gonna have to start all new IPs all over again. If you get Rocksteady, whatever they've been working on, that starts to get legally murky too. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, you've been working on this with these other people. Now, can we even take this over and like release it? It's that is an insane 
asking price for WB games, a publisher that if it's lucky releases one game a year. I mean, if it's mm-hmm. lucky, it releases one a year. So it's, it's certainly if you don't count Lego stuff. Yeah, and I mean, and that's look, a whole separate license that then makes games out of licenses. Yeah, that the licensor licenses like yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's like license like it's like four levels of licensing. Yeah. Um, and so the the interested parties right now, according to rumors, are Take Two, EA, and Activision Blizzard. Uh, exactly who I would have guessed would have been mm-hmm. in the running to buy these guys. Um, do you think it's going to happen, Matt? And if not, and yes or, or no, why? Not for that price tag if they don't want to parcel out the IPs with them. And I, the problem with that is that so many of their major IPs are not under their direct control. Like, yeah. Warner Brothers can't parcel out the IP for Middle Earth. Yeah. Warner Brothers can't parcel out the IP for Harry Potter. Like, the only thing they fully control is DC and Mortal Kombat. Um, so like, I don't know where you think you're going to... That's gonna... definitely not worth $4 billion. No, two, not those at two, all. Like, those two licenses... So not my guess would be if they really want to get rid of this this stuff and uh, it's too bad they do because they've got a pretty good stable there, which is probably why they're asking for a high asking price on top of the, the IPs. Um, I feel like you're going to have to end up just sort of dropping the price drastically because you don't want to give up control of those IPs or you can't convince the licensors to do the, do it, go along with you without a cut of the pie, which might be why they want such a high price because they know they're going to pay J.K. Rowling and uh, Saul Zance and the, and the Middle Earth license yeah. and, and, the, and the Tolkien estate a bunch of, a bunch of money to get this stuff transferred over. Um, I feel like in the end, you're going to kind of end up doing an interplay thing and parceling out the development companies individually. Um, because yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to end up selling each studio by itself. It's a very ambitious move, and it feels, it smacks of desperation. It's so messy. Um, like, I don't even know how you do it. Like, how how do you ever sell something like this? Because you have all these products that are on different schedules. You have Cyberpunk that's about to come out now, and they're publishing that in mm-hmm. the U.S. You have whatever Montreal's working on, which is the next Batman game, which is probably staggered for, like, middle of next year. It's like, how do you even... Do mm-hmm. it. How do you sell it? I, and they're showing stuff in August, apparently. Like there's right? a, there's yeah. a WB yeah. Games August thing. So like, what's going on? Like it's <laughs> so weird. I mean, and look, this isn't just a rumor. This has been reported by like yeah. five different outlets. It's like it's a thing. Like AT and T has commented on it. It's it, they did an interview after the news broke, and they mentioned it at the end. It was like with CNBC or whatever. Um, and he just basically said, like, games aren't really us. That's not really what mm-hmm. we do. And we, we I but I mean, it could be if you do be. them. Yeah. Like, you're, the company, you have Rocksteady makes up more than once, once a decade. Like, have and a, here's the thing you're ahead of the curve. You have one of the best, like, publishers in the industry. Like, they don't put out a mm-hmm. lot of stuff, but the stuff they put out is damn good and it sells really damn well. So, AT&T to me being really short-sighted on this. They yeah. have like I think they have a new CEO he's trying to shake stuff up and get mm-hmm. to the core of our business or whatever. And you know that like wherever it goes of those three buyer potential buyers, they're just going to gut this shit. Like, oh yeah. EA is just, you know, EA just, you know, they they're going to have take to take the IP. Going to dig more room out of the pit in the back where they buried Origin and Westwood and all those <laughs> other and Vicarious and you know Visceral Games and all those other companies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, Activision, God, you just they just absorb them and have them make Call of Duty maps forever. And like Take Two, you just never hear from them again. Yep, they put them in the closet. With they just Agent be part of Rockstar, yeah, yeah, and they, they end up like, contributing to like the next Red Dead or whatever. Like right, like, up, like Activision and Take Two would take these these companies and make them support teams, basically. Yep. And as as we said, they do have an event coming up. I think it's in August, August or August, late July. Yeah. It's, it's August. A, it's a DC event covering movies, and will now cover games. 
that is an opportunity for them to make a big announcement. I hope it doesn't. I hope WB stays yeah. with AT&T. I think it's the best for both parties. If not, which of those three wish, do you guys wish it would go to? Just I guess take EA. two. Just... Yeah, not EA. Not Activision. I mean, I don't want Bobby Kotick getting his claws in this thing. It's like um, the lesser of two. the evils. Take two <laughs> seems like the most likely to let them continue doing their thing. Agreed. Uh, yep. It's take two. Take two is the right after. answer. Yeah, for take sure. two. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about Destiny 2. We're going to get this done, people. We're going to get this show done before we run out of time. Uh, Destiny 2 uh, has been conspicuously absent or was conspicuously absent, not because of Destiny 2. A lot of people were counting on Destiny 3 being a thing mm -hmm. at the replacement E3 events. As it turns out, that was not the case. And Bungie has supplied us with the reason. And the reason is Destiny 2 is going to run until 2022. Let that sink in for a minute. It's horrible. So <laughs> they just released an expansion. Um, literally, just like that day, they released the latest expansion. Uh, it's called Season of Arrivals. And that runs until September 22nd of this year. And then they kick off Beyond Light, which runs until for like the next year. And then they have two more DLC releases after Beyond like basically Light. Basically, Destiny 3 is going to be... DLC for Destiny 2. Yep. And the only information they gave about next gen is that, in fact, Destiny 2 will run on next gen and it will run at 60 frames per second. That is mm. Destiny's Generation 9 contribution, 60 FPS. Cool. <laughs> so I did actually load this up the other day. Oh, you did? Which I hadn't in forever. And I am so confused oh. by, uh, I finished the ca original campaign. I never <laughs> played any of the expansion stuff and I loaded this thing up and it threw me into this new story thing that I had to do before I could go do anything else. And then it was like a whole separate thing. And I, to go find the other like campaign content, I had to like Google it to figure out where I had to go Matt, to find it. Just it is, researching and, this. And I, then like what? And then I in September, no apparently on September 22nd, like certain planets and campaign things will go away yeah it's ridiculous and come it's, back maybe later what are you doing the like, lore is horrible the dude, lore the is lore is a disaster. It's so bad. dude i was trying to research to discuss this intelligently i read all their official documentation all their press releases all their website pages i did not understand a lick of it it's like they're talking in code every time and then the light shall bequeath upon the rock of your salvation that shall then bring you to the brink of your own existence. I'm like, what are you talking about? What's in this? How many guns are there? How many ma I don't care about all this verbiage. It's crap. Like, it's become this thing that only the people who have continued to play it since it launched get it. And to me, that's a huge mistake. I liked Destiny 2 at launch a lot. We both did. Mm -hmm. They have completely left me in the dust. Like I, it's like I never even played the game and I spent like 50 hours with it. It's bizarre. Well, I here's mean, the, here's the kicker to that. Once I finally found all the, the older campaign stuff, um, cause a couple of the newer expansions, you just have to go to a specific location and it'll start up. But like the original campaign, I think the first two expansions, you have to go to the woman on the Citadel who runs the spaceships who sells the spaceships, she will, she will give you for free three things that unlock the old campaign missions to play. 
And when I unlock, you know, I've played, I've played the the campaign, the you know, the, the original Destiny Two campaign, Doing pretty good, but not according to Destiny Two now, because <laughs> really? I guess I gotta play because the, the thing, like, you get the thing and it says like, oh, all this stuff is empty. It's not replay. It's like it's not literally unplayed. So I guess I gotta do that again. Oh, um, I mean, it's so it's weird. It's yeah, it's, Destiny Three is not. Let's be honest, Destiny Three is not coming until like twenty twenty three. Do we I, don't think, I, well, I don't think there ever will be a Destiny 3. I, don't, I think one. you're right. I think, I think this you may be is right. going to be a continuing platform, uh, in part because they don't have a publisher that can put out a retail release. Uh, and then maybe on, eventually on the they, they do the World of Warcraft thing where they just completely yeah. revamp the world. But the thing, I mean, they're already kind of doing that. To some, like, the thing that gets me is like the fact that they're taking content away periodically because they say it's just too much and too big to like continually curate and i'm like everquest has been around for 21 <laughs> years and you can still play every single expansion yeah. they've ever they added released. to that thing yeah and i know it's not the same to compare like a bare bones mmo that's been around since 99 to like this big shooter but what's the harm in just leaving it there like why can't you just leave the campaign content there and like not do events on mars for a while like i don't yeah it's so weird and it's so confusing and i can't even imagine what it's like to play this game for the first time oh my god how like, overwhelming you haven't it touched be. it before it's just <laughs> well, well a lot of people just found that out on stadium Destiny one and that's even like a lot yeah, the, it like is. they added you know there's a bunch of new quests and kind of go to the quest section to see like all the all the objectives you have. I've played Destiny a lot. Like I've played like I, between Destiny one and two, I would say I have close to like five hundred hours okay. under my belt. And I looked at the the quest list. I didn't understand what a single one of them wanted. They're like, <laughs> go to the thing, and in the in the back shore of this thing, collect the moats. Like, yeah, it's no, it's so what I'm saying. Like, it's like the, that pirate that, that I went on. Like the ver the words and the verbiage they use. It's just total garbage. It's the worst like, kind of like write like a. Person. It's the worst kind of fantasy novel. Like we're just going to capitalize is. a bunch of normal words and call that our lore thing. Yeah. And it's just like that. <laughs> You're right. That's what they do. They just capitalize yeah. random words. The darkness. The yeah. light. The yeah. tower. The yeah. citadel. The council. The yeah. You know, it's it's just that <laughs> shit over and over and over. Yeah. So I don't think I'll ever play Destiny again because I don't think Destiny Three is coming and I'm lost. So I'm gonna I, try. I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle it because I want to play the expansion stuff. I didn't play. I didn't play Forsaken. I didn't play as a. So I want to get back into that and try to get through that before it all goes away in September. What the fuck? Um, she has, so like you I, just I, mentioned the Traveler. There's the Traveler. One. Yes. <laughs> It's hilarious. It just goes on and on. It's everything it really is. It, 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 it shouldn't call it destiny. It should call it definite article. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's the roadmap for Destiny Two. I think for a lot of people, probably feel the same way. It's like they they haven't played it for a while. They don't get it anymore. They don't know what's going on. It's bizarre. Like you, like you want to like yeah. sit down with them and be like, guys, what don't you get about? Yeah. Because like what's it's the, like what's so hard about. It's it? like when you remember when Destiny One launched and everyone's like. Did you play MMOs before you made yeah. this? Did you do you know what the state of the art is in this kind of game? And they're like, oh, we didn't want to play what like didn't the one of the developers like was it Schreier or somebody like report on it? it was like one of the developers that worked on Destiny One was like, oh, we weren't allowed to reference World of Warcraft, right. <laughs> and it's just like, well, what? Bum, bum, it's like making a science fiction Girl. epic in like 1980 and not being allowed to talk about Star Wars in the development or about room. the like internet. It, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's the latest on Destiny 2. I mean, look, if you have been playing Destiny 2 all along, you got to be stoked because there's just tons I don't know anyone. And tons and tons and tons and tons of content still coming. Yeah, you can't say us, they're not supporting it, but it's just true. like yep. as someone who was a big Destiny fan and played a lot of, and like it's like 
why do they why does it not want me to like it i know like it i really want to jump back into this game and i and i played it for like an hour and i couldn't figure out what to i didn't do anything like yeah. i literally didn't do anything i got to the the little story mission they force you into and i caught up on all the weird little things i didn't have yet and i talked to everybody i had to talk to and then an hour and a half had passed and i was too tired to go to any planet and do anything and i'm like and i haven't loaded it back up because it's just confusing Okay, we got to pick this up because I am literally about to pee my pants. So, <laughs> so tomorrow it is it is kind of E three week. Last week was basically E three week. Yeah, last week would, if E three had happened, I would it was last week. And I will say this: now that we've gone through all these E three events, I miss E three uh, wholeheartedly. Miss E three. In fact, the new poll of the week that's up right now, we're asking for your take on that. Now that you've seen what E three became without it, what do you think? Head there. It's in the header right now. Go and vote. To me, I miss E3 big time. Um, there, these events I feel like have just been like watching paint dry. They've been terrible. I can't. I haven't watched. I, I tried to watch them all, and I never make it more than like ten minutes. I, I mean, part of it is that I don't I need to watch. I didn't get through the PC one. Part of it is I don't need to watch it because the way our admin works, as stuff is being published out on the internet, it just flows right into our admin. So I don't need to watch it to see what's happening in the show. If you sit there and you refresh it pops into the admin. But I try to watch it because, I, you know, it's, it's, this is important for the industry. This is important stuff. Can we replace E3? No, I don't think that we can. I really don't think we can. These events have been dead boring. All of them are spread way too thin. There's not enough content to go around. There just isn't. So all of these shows end up just being indie game after indie game after indie game after indie. And I like indie games and I want indie games to be represented and they need a place for that. But now there are like eight shows of indie games when there used to be like two. And I don't know. I mean, the problem is every website got the bright idea that they would hold their own E3. And they all were full of themselves enough to think that they were the one that was going to get all the hot stuff. And all that ended up happening was none of them got the hot stuff because the hot stuff ended up in the PlayStation 5 presser or it's going to end up in Ubisoft's event, its own event. It's not going to give it to you. So I I will be very, very happy if E3 comes back next year. I don't think the replacements for it have worked very well. Now, with that said, tomorrow there is a Pokemon Nintendo Direct where they are going to announce a new Pokemon game. Um, I am shocked by this because I feel like we have just been inundated with Pokemon for the last, like, three years straight because we got Let's Go... We got Sword and Shield, and then we got these little, almost like indie-ish little spinoff things that have been released on the eShop. And I don't really feel like I need more, more Pokemon. I don't know about you, Matt. How do you feel about this? I mean, I don't need no more Pokemon, but I'm not the target audience for Pokemon when it comes to that. I mean, I, I'm going to guess this is going to be the uh, Sword and Shield equivalent of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. You know, oh, you the, think the, so? The, the, I think the it's going to be like a big game. The inevitable, up, the inevitable you know, upgrade. They oh, do. Wow. That would be I, my I guess. I didn't think that at all. I, I was, was thinking, surprised. let's go silver or gold. That's what, oh, I, was that's what I was thinking. They said they're not doing that. No, really? But, yeah. Which is, but which, like, is uh, which is stupid because I would love a let's go silver or gold because like silver and gold are two of the best games in the series. Yeah, I figured it was either, either that or great. another one of those free-to-play indie eShop spin-off. I mean, that's possible, but the, enough time has passed that, like, it, it would be time to do, like, I mean, maybe they're not going to be separate standalone games, but there would be, like, some other expansion pass for Pokemon Sword and Shield to kind of 
do the same thing that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon did, or, or that kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, or you might be right. It might be some like weird ass mobile thing. It might be some kind of Pokemon Go celebration because that's been on for like five years now or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It could be like Pokemon Go too, for all we know. I don't think they're going to want to start over with that. I don't but think like, they would either, yeah. but it could be. Um, I, we just really don't have any idea. I don't think it's likely that it's the next big budget Pokemon, though. No, definitely. At, at most, it's it's like Ultra Sword and Shield um, or whatever they call it. Uh, it could be another. I mean, I would I would support another Let's Go game if that's what they decided yeah, to I've do. Lo- I loved it. I thought it was great. I liked it more than Sword and Shield. I hate me for it, but that's the truth. I liked it more. I had more fun with it. Okay, we've made it to our last topic. And we're with before the time so we've done it somehow we're gonna finish off the show with probably what matt was itching to get to this whole dang episode and that is star wars squadrons rogue leader returns well no <laughs> well, it's not but uh, it's as close X-Wing as we're gonna return. get at this point i think rogue leader though. is not what i want rogue leader is is you got what you actually wanted yeah so rogue leader is an arcade game x-wing and tie fighter are more sims yep. arcade elements uh, I am amused. I was amused and slightly touched by how many people I know in the industry that were aware of what this is contacted me and said I didn't need to worry about anything. Really? Um, they just proactively reached out. Yeah. To you. Well, I think because I did say on <laughs> social media a few places, like I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I just hope it's not fucking mobile garbage or something. Right. And I got like four or five people that reached out. <laughs> were like, just so you know, you're all good. You're not going to be unhappy. <laughs> yes, it's okay. And I'm like, I appreciate that everybody knows that this is so important to me that it was going to affect my mood over the weekend if I didn't get some reassurance, and I did, and they were right. Like, what we see in this cinematic trailer is definitely more of what, what, I was been, what I've been looking for since 1990 goddamn eight. You have talked um, about this so. game, wanting this game, since, like, the first episode of Game Face. Yeah, it's definitely like one of my favorite you know, dream. Like, what would you have them bring back? Yeah, TIE Fighter is one of my top three yeah. for sure. Um, and we're, you know, obviously, we don't know a whole lot about like kind of the basics on things. But um, what are you reacting to there? Uh, so OCD Master in chat just said Amazon leaked the PS the PS5 price, five hundred euro for the standard edition and four hundred euro for the digital edition. All right, four hundred ninety nine US dollars. Huh. Interesting. See what US Microsoft's dollars, that's way less. I mean, if they convert it. Those, those, those prices are going to stay the same, though. I'm sure. I don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. But, Euros, um, that's pretty spendy. But uh, the um, the thing, so we're going to see gameplay on Thursday at the EA yep. event. Um, so we'll just have no more then. So VR. Here's my, so uh, here's my, yeah, full VR support. Which So I think the most the most uh, direct comparison here is going is that Rogue One VR mission they put out for Battlefront 1. Uh, on the PS the PS4, um, because it had very similar. It was a little more, you know, rooted in the Starfighter combat of Battlefront. But you were in the cockpit. You had the controls. They didn't really do anything. But it was it was a thing. You know, the the mission design was there. Like you, I could I, I could see how you can extrapolate an X Wing Tie Fighter game from that Battlefront mission. Um, so I think it'll be kind of a, a halfway point between that and the original X-Wing and TIE Fighter. The most important shot in the entire trailer is when the the Rebel pilots, she says, um, diverting all power to engines, and it shows a shot of that that's the, the TIE Fighter X-Wing like power diversion screen where it's between engines, yep. lasers, and shields. <laughs> um, and the TIE Fighters have like the, the old-style radar on, on them. Um, so clearly we are in 
We are in X-Wing TIE Fighter territory, which is great. I'm sure it will be streamlined beyond, you know, I doubt you will be flying around uh, slow-paced missions, scanning rectangles, <laughs> pretending to be freighters, and guarding them in a Y-Wing. But um, <laughs> I feel this like... the I campaign like... set after the Galactic Civil War, so yeah. that kind of tells you where the time frame is. There's 5 versus the 5 trilogies. multiplayer, which is cool, dogfighting, although... A lot of dogfighting multiplayer games end up just becoming these things where you just chase each other in circles. We'll see. Yeah, I'm wondering if they can really make that be a sustainable thing because even even the Starfighter stuff in Battlefront got old after about two days. Yeah, if um, you're in space where there's no objects to like fly behind or around and you're just in open free yeah. air, it gets boring pretty quick. And the campaign is being written by uh, Mitch Dyer. From IGN, that's yeah, IGN Mitch, guy. Mitchy D, no clip guy is. Yeah. Uh, oh, he works in no clip. He was doing no clip stuff, I think. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I can't remember exactly. I just remember from but, IGN, but yeah, he's right. Might be wrong about that, but he he tweeted today that he was working on that's it. That's awesome. Great so. to see one of our fellow brethren getting into game development. Um, the other the other details uh, so far they've they've confirmed the A wing, the X wing, Tie fighters, and the Tie bomber. And there's going to be a lot of unlocks in the game uh, as far as cosmetics and new new uh, weapons and things for your ships. Um, and it's coming to every VR platform, uh, including PlayStation mm -hmm. VR. So it's coming out for Vive and Rift and PlayStation VR. Um, it looks great. Um, is that any of that stuff in engine, what they showed? That's all in engine. Is it? But okay. uh, obviously, you know, it's frostbite, so that could mean anything. You know, they, <laughs> could be, they could be fully rendering everything in post already, and it doesn't, you know, and there's even a little thing on the bottom of the trailer that says not all imagery will be in the game, you know, because so, so there's some obvious Just to cover their butts. In that. <laughs> Probably not going to have the moment where all of them rush at each other and the Star Destroyer comes up out of the clouds like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, we'll see what, what it looks like on Thursday uh, in gameplay Finally, wise. EA Motive, getting yeah. something out. Motive gets it, but like, but like I said, they got another Star Wars game this year, and it turned out to be the one I wanted since I was in college. So, yep. cool. I hope they don't blow it. I hope it's not microtransaction fests or something. I hope they learn their lesson from Battlefront 2. They're like already the talking game. about that stuff, though. They're they're greasing the wheels for it. Well, look, um, this, if there's any one of these things is going to get me to do that stupid whale shit, it's going to be this one. So <laughs> here we go. Definitely. All right. So that's it for Game Face 216. If you guys have a couple of questions for us, we'll answer one or two before we get out of here. If you guys have a question about PS5 that we didn't address during our discussion, we'll answer it. Um uh, how will you handle spoilers next week uh, for Last of Us? That's a good question. Um, well, I mean, if you remember, if you remember, our B-roll never goes past the first couple hours of a game, um, story-wise. Anyway, we'll show you the intro cinematic. We may show you like the second or the third cinematic. Anything beyond that, though, is going to be all gameplay. So. <clears throat> Will there be spoilers in the show next week showing maybe weapons and stuff that you didn't know existed? Probably. Will there be story beats that you didn't know about in the show? Hell no. So I think we're very good about spoilers. It's something that we think about all the time. And if we you don't usually about, talk about anything that isn't like basically act one setup. Yeah. Story. I mean, we, we look out for you guys. We take care of you guys. We're not going to spoil one of the biggest games of the generation for you guys. So we'll see you guys back here on Tuesday at one when we'll talk about it. And a lot of you guys will have played it by then anyway. So, um, Congrim one. We'll take one question on the PS5. PS5 event was the most watched gaming live stream in history on YouTube, even surpassed E3. Uh, did so? Oh, I'm glad he's asking this. 
Did Sony make the smarter move by leaving E3? It seems E3 needs these companies more than the companies need E3 in the current digital day. I think I just said E3 like a billion times in one sentence. But anyway, um, he's basically asking, like, was Sony right for skipping E3? And I'll start, and I will say, no, they were absolutely wrong. Because on the day, and I did this on purpose, on the day that this stuff happened, that on Thursday, I went to every mainstream, huge news website. There was not a single story about PlayStation 5 on any of them. I had to find the story, I had to search, and then probably half of the websites even had stories about it, but the ones that had them, that story was buried on like their weird technology blog or whatever. So I would say my answer is, they if... E3 had happened normally this year, Sony would have made a huge mistake in not attending. Uh, I will say they were absolutely correct in not attending. And the reason they are not being covered on mainstream uh, news sites is because there was no price and no release date. Um, as soon as they release, they, as soon as they announce an actual price and release date for this thing, then they'll get picked up by the mainstream media. And I think if they'd stayed with E3, if E3 had happened and Sony had come back to E3, I think we would have gotten a price and release date this week. No oh, question. Oh yeah, we would have got it at the press conference for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but I think I think uh, mainstream outlets are basically saying if we can't tell people when this thing is available and how much they have to pay for it, that's not. There's no story. Well, they wrote stories, but they were just, they just were buried. Right, but you're not going to see it on like front page. Also with everything else happening in the world, getting any kind of press for a video game console is going to be a tough get uh, at this point in time. I mean, I'll just but, say I was shocked as I kept going to website after website after website after website. I, I mean, I was like, one of these is going to have the PlayStation freaking 5 on their homepage. Even if it's down like at the bottom by the the footer or whatever, none of them had anything so you may be right but you have one chance left to be right mm -hmm. well no i have plenty of chances left to be right because it, the, what matters is sales and the only way we can say that leaving e3 was a mistake is if the playstation 5 does not sell properly now i was talking about whether it was a mistake or not this specific instance not like mm -hmm. Three years down the road, whether the PS5 is doing it. I think right Sony's now. happy with the most watched game related live stream in the history of anything um, yeah. right now. Like they got to us, which is really who they need to talk to during E3 uh, beyond like the mainstream coverage. And they will get that mainstream coverage when they do their big here's when you can go buy it, go pre order it at the retail places thing. If they if there is no coverage of PlayStation 5 after, after that event next month, then I think we're in some whole new weird area. And I don't even know if E3 is exactly the answer to it it might just be that the news cycle does not care about what they would deem you know disposable entertainment you know there's not a lot of stories about movies now either because there's no movies coming out but like i don't know it might just be the news cycle is very difficult to penetrate with anything fun right now eric cartman says cnn had a story they did have a story they're one of the websites i went to and it was nowhere near the homepage. i had to search for it and then i found it and then i found it on their weird little technology like Splinter website. One thing I will say is that I think technology is a little bit more mainstream than it has been in the last generation cycle. So it not being on major newscasts isn't as big of a thing because 
they had the most watched thing and the word of mouth is going to get around and the discussion around the PlayStation 5 has happened for days on social media everywhere and where does grandma and grandpa go? They go to Facebook. They don't go to CNN to check out their tech section. They're going to see it on Facebook about someone going, oh my god, look at this PlayStation 5. That's the way they're going to get No, they, they, they go to CNN. No, they don't. <laughs> They get their they news. Do? They get their what news. Do you mean? If you look at the statistics, uh, older people get their news from Facebook and Twitter, and Sony owns that. Oh, market space. I need to see that statistic. I definitely need to see that statistic. That is pretty much true. It's, if you're not getting, general. if you're not getting it from Fox News, and you're an older American, you are getting news. No, they get from it Facebook. from TV. That's where they no, get the news. No, a majority no, of them sit around and watch Facebook. They get it from. They get it from Fox News. If they get it yeah, from TV, TV, but if they but if they don't get it from Fox News, they get it from Facebook and and like online stuff. That's why it's, Facebook. Had I want to see that data. That's why Facebook it. had to take away. I won't their, believe it their, until their, I see the data. Well, you, it's out there. You can definitely find it, and I can send it to you too. But there, there's a reason why Facebook took away the news section of their thing because um, they were being counted as a news outlet for people, and they didn't want that responsibility, so they took it away. But people still go on Facebook and share news stories, and that's where people get their info from. It's, it's not a good thing. No, it's not. <laughs> but, but in Sony's case, it works because they own the social yeah, media. The buzz footprint. will be there no matter what. And, of course, you're, all, you're always dealing with the mainstream. You're dealing with that thing where you just advertise the thing in the last month to month and a half run up to the release of the thing. And that's how you get the mainstream to pay attention to it. The question becomes... Is the NFL coming back? Probably. Yeah. So far, yes, we think. So far, yes. Um, like, really what do you, if the NFL doesn't come back, what do you advertise this shit on? Mm. That's my question. Yeah. The presidential debate. That has that kind of penetration. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you reach them? So, I don't know. I do. I am going to go look up that data because I refuse to believe it. I, old people. Wait, when you say old people, what do you mean? Are you talking about like me? No, we're talking, talking about like 65 and up. Like 65, 65 and yeah. up. Like retirees. Yeah. yeah. Grandma, I, grandpa. I do not believe that. Face, Facebook is for people. Yeah, my like, mom sits around and watches TV all day. My yeah, mom's on, on Facebook every your face, day. Your Facebook is a massive source of news for people older than us. Interesting. Like it's, okay. a, it's a problem. I'll go look it up. I'll see. Uh, but anyway, thanks for sticking around. A long episode, three hours and 10 minutes. We, I'm sorry we didn't take more questions. I did see a really good one that I wanted to answer, but we ended up, Mitch jumped in on that one and we couldn't get to it. Let's just do yes or no. Do you think Microsoft will undercut Sony now, no matter what they charge? Um, that means they have to go first. Yes or no? Yeah, I don't know. You don't know, Mitch. I have no um, idea because it depends yes. who goes first. I say, I say yes. They have to. They, that's the only chance they have of winning. So I say yes. And that's it for Game Face 216. Thanks for tuning in. You stream, you people watching the stream, you've hung out with us for three and a, three hours and 10 minutes. You guys rock. Thanks for being here. Thanks for giving us little tidbits in the chat and uh, filling us in on stuff we weren't sure of. You guys are awesome as always. Um, I should also mention uh, that Game Face is now on pretty much every podcast service that exists. I'm not exaggerating. We're on all of them now. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher. We're everywhere. Uh, and as of right now, to find the podcast, search for Sifted. Um, because if you search for Game Face, it'll be hard to find. But uh, if you are listening to Game Face on any of those services, it would be great if you could help us out with a dollar or two on our Patreon. Every dollar matters for us. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can find that at patreon.com slash sifted. 
Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Dinfire. You can find Matt on Twitter at mkyle. That's K-E-I-L. You can find Mitch on Twitter at Mitch Secor. And if you're on YouTube or you listen to our show on any of the podcast services and you want to know when stuff is going on, follow the site on Twitter at Sifted Game. So on behalf of Matt and Mitch, I'm Shane, your humble host, and we'll see you next Tuesday for The Last of Us Part 2. Game Face is up and out. We'll be right back.